Live from a cigar store near you, it's the Cigar Authority with hosts Tommy Grello, Mr. Jonathan, and the worldwide authority on everything cigar, David Garofalo. We are live, everybody. Good morning. With the Cigar Authority, thank you, Mr. Jonathan. Big, big day here on the Cigar Authority. Huge day. This is huge day. It's, it's probably maybe six foot four, 340 pounds-ish. He lost some weight. He's, he's, <laughs> yeah, he lost a couple pounds. He certainly did. Welcome, everybody. My name's David Garofalo. This is Tommy Grella, Mr. Jonathan on the board over here, and this That's is the right. Cigar Authority. And this week, we are live here in Salem, New Hampshire. We will be joined by professional wrestling's most despised man of all time, but actually a hell of a nice guy, Nikolai Volkov. We'll smoke and drink hammer and sickle today and look to a European cigar journal as we put it face-to-face with Cigar Aficionado. Maybe we'll rate them this time. I'll tell you, this is going to be interesting. You guys are going to learn a lot about this today. We're going to have one of the editors, uh, the U.S. editor of uh, the European Cigar Journal here. Uh, we'll talk to him on the phone, and we're going to have lots of fun on the Cigar Authority well, we this do. week. So let's say hi to our friends out there, WWZX 1510 The Zone in Boston, WARL 1320 Positive Energy in Providence, WGAM 1250 ESPN Radio in Nashua, New Hampshire, and WGHM 900, the game in Manchester. Hi to all of our listeners. Thank you very much for being the Cigar Authority with us. And if you are watching on the CigarAuthority.com, this week you will see uh, live Nikolai Volkov. He'll be on, and uh, you'll see what he looks like nowadays. We're up there on YouTube. Which is impressive, by the way. It's very impressive. (laughs) The man's statuesque even here. I'm a little intimidated. You should be. Everybody's (laughs) saying, I'll take him on. What do you say? Right? Uh, we have, we're up on Ustream.net, and uh, you can always catch us podcast anytime and listen to the show at your leisure on podbeam.com. What are we smoking? This week, obviously, in honor of Nikolai Volkov, we are smoking Hammer and Sickle Cigars. Hammer and Sickle. And uh, we're going to drink some Hammer and Sickle vodka today, too. Ooh, we are? Yeah, we are. Last a- time we did that, Dave, you were, uh, you need a little afternoon nap. I did. <laughs> <laughs> For those that are listening live, this is 10 a.m., and this is when we do our most smoking and drinking each week. So uh, you know, It's the only drinking you do all week long. Well, hey. You're kind of a... You make up for me. You make up for me. What do you, what do you... We can't say that on radio. We'll just say Dave's up. Meow. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm using um, the Palio today, and we're using the Palio that is a camouflage Palio. In case, you know, so the deer don't see you cutting your cigar. That's right. <laughs> I mean, come on. Seriously. They did it. It, it. Hey, it's pretty cool. It's camouflage. And the case that it comes into actually floats in water. So say you're on the boat. You, yeah. cut, you cut the cigar. Yeah. It, it's going to sink. It's not anymore. It's all U.S. made. USA. I, USA. Right? I get my fish nice and fresh from the store. Right? I don't need to, I don't need to go fishing and see that my thing floats. And seriously, camouflage, I mean. Does your thing float? It, my thing does float. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's, it's cool, I guess, if you, if you want camo everything. I guess guys who are into camo, Bees is here. Bees is a camo guy. He probably he, he has one. Yeah, of course he does. Has he has one on him. He has, has one on him. He's holding one in his pocket as we speak. All right, so if you're into that camo hunting stuff, yeah, now they've got a cigar cutter to go along with the rest of your outfit. I like it. I like this lighter. We've used this a lot now. This is a great little lighter. Hey, this is a table lighter from the people at Alec Bradley. What is it called? Our friend Alan The torch? Not the torch. The burner. The burner. The burner. Holds like a full tank. 
That's what we used to call cigarettes, by the way, in college. Really? You got a burner? You got a heater? That's what we would say. We were cool. <laughs> you weren't too cool because you were obviously borrowing cigarettes from someone else. <laughs> if you had to ask, you were borrowing them. Well, you can't do that anymore because it's like $1.50 for a cigarette, right. for one single cigarette. My goodness. Become a cigar smoker. It's much more uh, cost-effective. Well, we've smoked a cigar many, many times. Here we go again. Mr. Jonathan, you're going to smoke it? You oh, smoke? yeah. Okay. It's lighter and a cutter for you. We've smoked a cigar many times. We like it very much. This is made in the Dominican Republic. Your non-gay love affair with Hanky Kellner. He's mm. the guy that made the cigar. And this is an $8 cigar. We're smoking the Toro right here. $8.50, I believe. There we go. Yeah, this, you know, uh, just a, because we... We've got to talk about the cigar. For those of you who haven't seen us review the cigar in the past, it's made by Hanky Kellner, as David said, a man that I have a non-gay love affair with. Uh, Hanky runs the Davidoff factory in Dominican Republic, where Davidoff moved their productions from Cuba to the Dominican Republic um, in the early, late 80s or early 90s? Late 80s. Late 80s. Um, so they make Davidoff, they make Hammer and Sickle, they make Cusano, a couple of other names. Uh, actually, Cusano's made in its own building now, right? Uh, no, they make it there. They make it there, that, too? That used, that used to be the secret that, you know, they make it somewhere else, and then we went to the factory, and there we're, it was. We're the Cigar next, Authority, so we can tell you. Yeah, it was next to the Xeno Platinum. And so, interestingly great. enough, this, this factory, okay, makes cigars that go from $25 right down to, like, $3. Right. Okay? And oh, there is definitely a difference in production, but if a guy's capable of making a $25 cigar, and there's no question Hickey Kellner is... What do you think is three and four and five dollar cigars like? They're great okay, for the money. They're, they're great. Yeah, they're great. Eight dollars and fifty cents, kind of smack dab in the middle of, wh- of where they are. It's obviously not the same quality of product. You know, they're not using the best outside wrapper leaf on the three dollar cigar no, as, they no. would, as they would on the Davidoff number two, which we'll get into. But the, here on the ha- Hammer and Sickle line, okay, I I say this: this is very cost effective. I mean, it's right there with Davidoff all day. For those of you who are in the know, there's, there's a one big slight difference. And in the Davidoff line, they use a tobacco called San Vicente. Right. Which gives like a sour taste. They don't use that in the hammer and sickle line. So that's the big, big difference. So the, a lot of people don't like San Vicente. I happen to love it. But it's the same quality cigar in terms of build, construction, wrapper, everything on the hammer and sickle line. It's a great cigar. It, it's a shade wrapper, but it's a very dark Connecticut shade wrapper uh, or Ecuadorian Connecticut shade. Yeah. Ecuadorian Connecticut There's shade. really not a lot of Connecticut, Connecticut out there right now. It's almost all in Ecuador. The Perez family yeah. that has uh, big farms in Ecuador. They grow great, great wrapper tobacco, and they're known for Connecticut shade. They make Connecticut Maduro as well. But that's what this is on the outside of this cigar. And as Dave, you point out, it's not a real light Connecticut shade. And I happen to know Davidoff for the U.S. market makes a darker Connecticut shade than they make for the European market. Okay. Darker for the for the American market. Dark, the U.S. market uh, wrapper is a little, slightly darker. The European market prefers a lightly uh, a lighter shade wrapper. Wow, I did not know that. There you go. Look, I actually know something <laughs> that I didn't. <laughs> that I didn't teach you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, I've been with no, you. I've learned. I've learned a no, lot. I didn't know that. It. But it is a. It is a. You, you wouldn't look at it and think it was a Connecticut shade. And no, it is. Ecuadorian. No, you might call it Habano. Mm. You might call it Corojo to look at it, but no, it's it's Connecticut shade. But aesthetically, beautiful, beautiful. Taste wise, it's a mild to medium cigar, and a a very fair price at eight fifty. Yeah, but taste wise, what do you? you Taste wise, I'd say more medium than mild, more medium than mild, and the packaging. 
This thing comes That's in, the a, thing. in a Russian lead crystal box. Each one. In a box. In a box with, with uh, velvet all around or whatever. It's unbelievable. Is. Satin, satin lined. Satin lined box that contains a Russian lead crystal box that, that I, I use afterward for all kinds of stuff at home. I mean, I've, you, you never throw the thing away. It weighs like 20 pounds. Right. I'm intimidated right here. Oh, yeah. The man is. He's looking at us. Yeah. Nikolai's <laughs> checking us out. Is which is this the weirdest thing? I have thing? to look away. He, he's watching us. I've been watching him for years, and he's actually. Look at this box. Here it is here. Those watching online. Beautiful packaging. It's gorgeous. It's gorgeous lead crystal. It's very heavy. So you're not throwing this box away. I don't know what you're going to use it for. You put your change in it or your uh, keys or your jewelry or whatever. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. I, I keep my nuts in it. Keep your nuts in it. Yeah, that's nice. That's nice. This is a G-rated show, Mr. Jonathan. I have walnuts. I love walnuts. <laughs> yeah, uh, sounds like a personal problem. Yeah. Everything, he, everything Mr. Jonathan tastes with cigars, he tastes nuts. This no, that's not true. This like hazelnut. That one tastes like blanched almonds. This one, this one has some walnuts. citrus. A little does, citrus. does have a little citrus. It does, actually. You're getting there. Yeah. You're really getting His there. I'm not, not, I'm not just joking. Your, your palate. He, he comes in. When he comes in uh, to the store now and then, he's always trying something different. He's really That's good. honing his craft, and he's going to be on top of his game very, very soon. Hey, I'm just back from D.C. We're going to talk about that now? This is big. We're going to need a while for this. You ready? I'll, Ta- give, I'll give you the short version. All right, well, try. Go ahead. What do we got for time here? Because I know, uh, yeah, we got time. Okay, good. Uh, I went to the Congressional Cigar Association Caucus. This is a, uh, a dinner they have every quarter, and they have it with uh, all the congressional people, the senators and House members and their underlings. And they started this one year ago, and this was the anniversary one, to do it every three months. And they did it on the rooftop overlooking the state capitol. Okay. Um, Beautiful, picturesque night, although it was about 100 degrees out and humid. Was it really? But anyway, it was breathtaking as far as um, the view, and uh, there was appetizers that went around, and, every, and uh, everybody got a couple of cigars. There with us was George Padron, Rocky Patel, um, Christian Aroa. Uh, I mean, I know I'm going to leave people out here. Um, um, Nick Perdomo? Nope, nope. Carlito Fuente? No. Now you're going to rattle things off and you're going to mess me up here. Sorry. Uh, um, uh, the Newmans. Yeah, J.C. Uh, Newman family. Yep, they were there. Uh, yeah. And uh, Lito Gomez. Lito Gomez, La Flor Dominicana. Yep. And what they do is once a quarter they invite them there and, and have this little get-together and they give them a cigar, a little something to eat, a drink, and a little mingling. And the lobbyists are there and they talk with them and it's a nice, nice night. And they tried this one year ago. They said, we'll do it every three months. They bring up a different cigar manufacturer for each time. Yeah. The first time they brought George Padron in. The second one was Rocky. The third one was Lido. And this time they were all together, along with Christian and, and um, uh, uh, the Newmans and uh, other people from other companies were there. It was a real educational thing for the government, to understand premium cigars, because the problem is that they are roping cigars into cigars are cigars, tobacco is tobacco, smoking is smoking. Right. And we actually taught them that it's very, very different. It was awesome. Um, the next day, we went every 30 minutes. We broke our group up, and the group is the IPCPR, 
and all the, bo- the whole board of directors, which is 13 of us, yeah. went there. We broke up into four groups along with the cigar manufacturer and a lobbyist, and we went every 30 minutes to a different senator or house member and did our little speech and told them about it, the, the ones that didn't show up. If they didn't show up, we went to them. Right. And we hit about 60 of them. 60 different senators and representatives. Right. During okay. the course of the day, then we regrouped at the end. And I'll tell you, we hit it out of the ballpark. Did you really? They, uh, ignorant is, it seems like a bad word, but it's absolutely the correct word. They were just ignorant of the subject of premium cigars. They didn't realize what a premium cigar is. And th- their problem is that they hate this um, candy-like cigars in children's packaging that is geared and directed towards children. They hate it. They want to stop it. And, they and th- we agree. Yeah. Absolutely. We agree. And they think that's what cigars are because they don't go into premium cigar stores. They right. go into a convenience store right. maybe buy their milk and bread, and they see this stuff, and they say, we've got to stop those cigars. Right. And, that, and what happened to premium cigars is we are getting kicked because of their marketing uh, to children or whatever uh, they believe that they're doing, right. which I honestly believe the same way. It, 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 it's obvious to me that that's where they're going, the, the colored packaging. Hello, I can hear you. Um, so that, that's what that was all about. Now, and that's a short version of a wonderful two days. So that you, you believe that they understand, and, they, and I mean, the, the bottom line is, are they going to vote to... to salvage premium cigars, David? Hopefully. What we're going to try to accomplish is we're going to try to draw out exactly what a premium cigar is. What is a premium cigar? It's a long-filled, handmade, all tobacco. You know, we have to explain in short words, this is what a premium cigar is, and leave premium cigars alone because it's an artistic form. It's more for celebration, relaxing. It's not non-addictive. It's got so many different qualities than what they think a cigarette is, say. Right. Or a, quote, cigar, which is a cigarette masquerading as a cigar. You know, right, You ever right. see those little, little supposedly cigars that are really cigarettes? Uh, well, what about they don't they, – I take it they don't like, like – not to pick on anybody, but I, I hate to say this, but like Philly Blunts. They got a big problem flavor, with that. They got a big problem big with those. Big problem. And does the whole premium cigar industry go down the tubes because of some kids it, in the playground that aren't playing right? Basically, what's yeah. what it is. They're not smart. They, you know, I've had a store for 25 years now. There's no children that come into to, no, our store. No, it doesn't, know, it doesn't, it doesn't happen. happen. They, they have no interest in the product. It's not cool to light a hammer and sickle cigar. And they don't have the to, money to, to spend on it. $8.50 for a cigar. That's what these guys spend when they go out uh, to a movie or, yeah. you know, I mean, these kids spend on lunch. They don't have so $8.50 for a cigar. The, the, the great thing was they understood. Uh, they listened. They understood. It was a breath of fresh air for the first time in 25 years. I actually felt good about my industry that I, there's hope that I'm going to have a future that maybe I can turn this into the next generation. I'll tell you, I've never felt like that before. And it was wonderful. Each one, we batted a thousand. Every single one of them understood what we had to say. And, um, and didn't disagree with you. Correct. More than didn't dis- disagree. I'll be shocked. I mean, I don't know the uh, political scene that well when it comes to Washington, D.C., but they really seem to tell me, we get it, we're going to leave you alone. Uh, politicians don't lie, right? So, oh, no, yeah. never. 
No. They're the most honest group of people on the planet. It seemed very, very sincere. Uh, they seemed really ignorant of the subject, and we got a lot of, I didn't know that. Oh, my God, I didn't know that. Yeah. And, of course, we don't want to put you out of business. And uh, all family-owned brick-and-mortar retailers. You right. know, that's not what, what the government is all about, to put you out of business. Actually, they want our tax dollars. They want us to employ people so they can receive tax dollars right. and pay for the streets and the, right. and the cops and everything like that. Right. So it was, it was a great, great thing. And, and unfortunately, today is not the day because I could do a whole show on this. That, well, was, that's why I'm saying right. just a couple minutes just doesn't right. seem to capture it all. No, it doesn't. But, you know, I, I got to get it out because it was that great. It really was. That's fantastic news because we always talk about terrible news in the cigar industry when it comes to I, politics. And I, ha- and I have plenty of that this week. Oh, we have wow. plenty of terrible we, news. We never, we never have a shortage of bad political news and tax news when it comes to premium tobacco, unfortunately. And we'll talk later on in the next hour about New, uh, New York, New York taxes. New York is basically going out of business as far as I'm concerned. I understand that um, three cigar stores actually closed this week due to a tax that's going to be imposed on August 1st, and we'll talk about that in the next hour. Uh, another thing we're going to talk about is uh, the new cigar aficionado hit the shelves. At the same time, I got an advanced copy of the European Cigar Journal, what used to be European Cigar Cult Journal. Mm-hmm. This has Rocky Patel on the cover. Yep. And um, it came in at the same time. So I went through both of them one night after work, Yeah. and uh, I found it very interesting um, how different they were. Oh, yeah. And uh, we'll talk about that, and we'll actually bring on the editor, the U.S. editor of European Cigar Journal. And um, That's going to be very interesting. Because this is, this is really something. We've got a great show this week. We this really is, do. This is, this yeah, is no, good we stuff. Really, we really do. And um, speaking of cigar aficionado, uh, they got into the hard stuff. They bought a liquor magazine. Really? So we'll talk about that because we're going to be drinking hammer and sickle vodka, and uh, they're, they're in the business. So... Uh, you know, they're going to get double, double the advertising space from Hammer and Sickle, I guess. Well, the guys over at Cigar Aficionado come from Wine Spectator, don't they? Yes. James Suckling yep. and Marvin Schenken come from Wine Spectator. Yep. And they started Cigar Aficionado. Yep. Okay. Yeah, they did that in uh, 1992. And uh, they certainly uh, helped the industry. I don't want to uh, ever forget to say that. They uh, put a lot of money in my pocket, that's for sure. We probably wouldn't be having a radio show about cigars if it wasn't for Cigar Aficionado. That they be- helped create the boom. Absolutely. They, they helped push it along, that's for sure. Yeah. And uh, let's say that right off the bat before I get into um, their, their way of, of Rating. ratings. Yeah. And we'll get into that and the difference of it. Um, okay, before we go to break, I want to uh, mention again, when we get back from break, we are bringing on Nikolai Volkov. Wow. This guy is the first man to sell out the new Madison Square Garden. He was the first to go a one-hour draw with my favorite, Bruno San Martino. Really? Um, he retired a champion. He's the first one to retire a champion undefeated with the Iron Sheik, right? Yeah. Of course. Uh, he was the first to win uh, a championship at WrestleMania. He was the first protege to classy Freddie Blassie. <laughs> Wow. There's some names. He's in the Wrestling Hall of Fame. He was in WrestleMania 1, 2, 3, 4, 6, 17, and he actually received the Medal of Freedom in the United States. No kidding. So wow. he is a true American. Now, when I was a kid, he was 
kind of despised. He was, I would say, the most hated man. You're talking during the Cold War, and they brought him out as, uh, you know, with the Russian flag and singing the Rus- Russian na- national anthem, yeah. and it was, uh, was awesome. It, it, was, it was like anti-American at the time. It was the, the heyday of wrestling. But the guy is not anti-American. Not at all. We actually got to speak with him for a minute. What a heck of a nice guy he is. Intimidating still to this day. <laughs> yeah. Statuesque. Yes. Yes, to say the least. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah. It's awesome. So uh, I can't wait to go to break, Mr. Jonathan. I actually want to go to break to bring back Nikolai Volkov. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back in just a few. I can't wait. for everything DJ and sound production. We do everything from TV to radio and weddings to backyard barbecues. Whether you are planning a small, intimate gathering or a huge 4,000-person event, we will tailor a package to fit your needs. Reach me at info at mrjonathanismydj.com or by phone 603-475-1391. Hi, this is David Garofalo from the Cigar Authority. I would like to invite you to visit one of my Two Guys Smoke Shops. Two Guys is the largest cigar retailer in the world, and I'm very proud of that. It's Stogie Heaven. Two Guys is conveniently located off Exit 1 on Route 93, 95, and Route 3 in Salem, Nashua, and Seabrook, New Hampshire. You see, there's no cigar tax in New Hampshire, and coincidentally, we have put three glorious cigar shops right over the border for your convenience. Take the pilgrimage to Two Guys Smoke Shop in Tax-Free New Hampshire or find us on the web at twoguyssmokeshop.com. We ship cigars anywhere and single cigars too. Two Guys Smoke Shop. It's stogie heaven. Get in on the ground floor of our new show, The Cigar Authority. The Cigar Authority reaches a strong audience of educated consumers with disposable incomes. We will tailor a commercial to fit your needs from post-production to the finished product. Email us at ads at thecigarauthority.com. That's ads at thecigarauthority.com. Get in on our team and team up with the Cigar Authority. White Birch Brewing is the home of finely crafted small batch beers. My friend, owner and operator Bill Herlicka's goal is to brew great beer for the beer enthusiast. Let me tell you from experience, folks. This guy's all about quality. White Birch Brewing is a two-barrel brewery located in Hookset, New Hampshire that takes an artisan approach to brewing. Bill releases unique interpretations of Belgian styles, barley wines, imperial stouts, and wild ales. Each batch is bottle-conditioned and aged at the brewery. It's a slow process, but one they wouldn't trade for anything. Ask your local retailer for White Birch beers or go to whitebirchbrewing.com. Our friends at White Birch Brewing are as passionate about beer as the Cigar Authority is about... Food? No. Cigars. Cigars. Yeah, that makes sense. Grella Financial is a multi-generational, wholly independent financial planning firm. Family-owned and operated, all of their clients are treated like extensions of their family. They'll take the time to find out what is truly important to you for making great financial decisions. Unlike working with larger firms and talking to voicemail, you are assured to talk with Tom Sr., Tom Jr., Joanne, or Bridget Grella 
every time. Going through a divorce, selling a business, inheriting money, or about to retire? Consider calling the Grella family at 800-752-7235 or visit them on the web at grellafinancial.com. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. Hey, Sammy B here. Sammy B's Custom Carpentry. Foundation to finish and everything in between. Find a job I can't do. I dare you. At Sammy B's Custom Carpentry, I build everything myself. So you know it's American-made and built to last. I don't subcontract. I'm committed to getting a job, and I'm committed to finishing the job personally. Call for a brochure and references. 603-553-2345. If you can dream it, I can build it. Sammy B's 603-553-2345. In the decades following World War II, the Cold War between the United States and the Soviet Union was at the forefront of international politics. In the 1980s, President Reagan called Russia an evil empire. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. And in the WWE, one man bore the brunt of the tension that mounted between the world's two superpowers, a Russian communist sympathizer known as Nikolai Volkov. Here we are. We're back live at Two Guys Smoke Shop with Nikolai Volkov. This wow. is so cool for me, just so you know. Yeah. yeah. Honored to have you here, sir. <laughs> Whatever you said. Uh, I say, how are you? Today? Oh, okay. Um, but although uh, speaking Russian, you are Croatian. Croatian. Yeah, my... Yeah. I was Croatian, but my mother was Russian, my father is Croatian, my grandmother was Italian, so I'm yes. a little bit everything. <laughs> okay. I like that. You hear that? His grandmother was Italian on your father's side. Yes. And you I love the man. You, you, uh, you defected. Yes, I defected in 1968. We had a competition, a uh, weightlifting competition in Vienna, Austria. I stayed there. That's when I suffered a professional wrestling in Vienna, Austria. I was wrestling with the... I'm uh, the Austrian champion, Blemischlitz. He was like uh, 80 some years old. He was still wrestle. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, people love him. And was a beautiful, big, ma- big man and was a very nice guy. So, so you, you, at competition, you ended up. Oh, yes. Yeah, out. in Europe, the time wrestling was you know, much more uh, strict than any other place in the world. In Europe, you cannot be, become a professional wrestler if you was not amateur champion. So okay. I, was, I was amateur champion and. Uh, then I started wrestling there. Then I come in Canada with a, with a legend, uh, Stu Hart. Yeah. Stu Hart family. I met all the boys and <laughs> all the guys. And I worked in the Dutch gym with Stu Hart. And sure. then, yeah, then I come to Montreal and then the United States. And that's when uh, the at the time the WWWF. Yes, they asked me. They asked me to become. You know. Uh, they wanted to become Russian, and I said, you know, I escaped from there. I'm, you know, I hate communism and uh, how I can be there. So Freddie Blessy comes and said, listen, kid, if you make some money, we need guys to speak Russian. There's Russian, and you are a perfect guy for it. You are big, you are strong, you, you, you don't like those people. So just show those Americans how the people are. Act like one of them. And I did. But then after communism uh, fall down, I said, that's it. And I'm turned up. And tell people what's well, well, So really, I, this is this is ironic, because you hate communism. You portrayed what you hated to yes. help teach American people how terrible it was. Exactly, 
Is that something? What a noble cause. Since Really, what a noble cause that Ian, is. Ian, you yeah. did a hell of a job because, I mean, you know, I said it earlier, you were despised. I oh, mean, yes, I see my, my, many people, many people do not tell you secret. Uh, the reason I become a professional wrestler because uh, I never saw my grandfather. My grandfather, my mother's side, was a world champion. He was killed by first communist. Oh. He was first killed by first communist. And we could never talk about him in the house, but we have his picture on the wall. It was a big, strong guy, weighed about 300-some pounds. And uh, they even uh, have a, a song made by him. And uh, it was very popular before but the communists took over. And he, was, he didn't like communism, and they killed him. He was you know, wow. killed by communism, yeah. Ah, oh, boy. And uh, that's always I wanted to escape from there, come in a free world, and that's why I come here. But when I come here, they told me I have to be one of them. Then I escaped from it. I hate it. Right. It was very, very hard for me. Then Freddie Blessy said, Nikolai, it's a show business, you know. It's, you have to get people excited. You know, people just come to watch wrestling. It's like uh, entertainment. You come there, you make people mad, make them scream and yell, and I did a good job. You did, <laughs> you did an excellent job. <laughs> Getting up there, singing the national anthem of Russia and uh, yeah. waving the flag. And yeah. uh, I, I remember as a kid, and I, I, this is one of the magazines I have from, from 1977, yeah. and seeing you at the Boston Garden against Bruno San Martino. Yes. The place was jam-packed in that particular uh, bout. It was Haystacks Calhoun was the guest referee. Yes. And, uh, you know, more people bought more tickets to see... Um, Bruno San Martino beat on you. Yes. You know, th- that's what it was all about, that, you know, y- you love to hate the guy. Yes. You know, and really nice. Really uh, an unbelievable uh, story of how that whole professional wrestling thing works. I, well, you know, the whole professional wrestling thing is interesting. Uh, you know, it's kind of perceived as being uh, not a nice industry. So I got a question for you. Who who in professional wrestling do you really respect? Did you love? Well, my favorite was always Bruno San Martino. When I first actually when I first met Bruno San Martino in uh, Manchester Square Garden, you first bought. I, I could not speak the good English at that time, and uh, and I told him I said, Mr. San Martino, very glad to meet you because I have your picture in my scrapbook. And he called me a sporcaccione. I said, Mamma mia, my cash sporcaccione. <laughs> The sporcaccione is Italian, old Italian word, and mean, uh, have double meaning, mean uh, little rascal and dirty old man. <laughs> <laughs> he, meant, he meant the, the, the little rascal, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. And then I look at him and I said, tanto grazie, signor Bruno. And he go, He couldn't believe you spoke Italian. He couldn't believe Russian speaking Italian without, without accent. Oh, really? Yeah, because I don't have an accent speaking Italian because I learned it from my grandmother. Sure, sure. And then... Uh, Bruno's a real gentleman. Yeah. I, I met him years ago. Yeah. Real gentleman. And then I can even thank Bruno that I never took any drugs. Because when I come here, I was European, weightlifting champion. And uh, yeah, Bruno was very, very strong on a bench press. He did about 535 uh, pounds bench press wow. at that time. That was it, like a couple of pounds below world record, you know, for the bench press. And he never took any drugs. He's always so, been against that. Yeah, so when I uh, was talking to him, I said, you know, I was thinking of taking some uh, Dianables. That time that was, uh, you know, steroid. steroid, yeah. And he said, no, it's not good because uh, what happened is when you take uh, steroids, any kind of drugs that will make your muscles bigger. In the meantime, make your all organs, make your heart bigger, your lungs, your kidney. 
and it's not good. Right. He said, you cannot beat Mother Nature. That was his big problem that, with Vince yes. McMahon, right? That's yeah, his but that was, you know, they have lots of other stuff we don't talk about, but yeah. Vince McMahon And, and his son, I, I guess, is, is a estranged um, relationship yeah, yeah. with him and his son. For, and his, for, yes, yeah. With who? Bruno Vince McMahon's always, son? No, with, with um, Bruno's Bruno and his son, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I like them both, you know. And between them, it's between, you know, whatever is between them, it's between them. I hope they patch it up one of these days. Sure. They did before, so I hope so. So you're friendly again. with Vince McMahon still? Oh, yes. Vince yeah. McMahon's a very smart, very, very smart guy. Vince McMahon never forced somebody to take, take any drugs, you know, any steroids. And he spent lots of money helping people get away, you know, for rehabilitation, you know, to get people away from the drugs. Really? Oh, yes. Yes, lots. Yeah, wow. you, hear, you hear lots of negative stories on Vince yeah, McMahon. You, I mean, people say that he's not a nice guy, but you're telling us different. Oh, no, he's, he's a very good businessman, very smart, very intelligent, very nice, he created, guy, nice family. He created the biggest sports complex thing that there is in the world. Yeah, very, yeah. very intelligent. Yes. Uh, you know, it was, it was his, you didn't work for his father before. Oh, him. yes, his oh, father, too. Yeah, I met okay. his father, too. His father was a very nice uh, gentleman. Okay, him I never met, but uh, I know Vince McMahon has certainly taken professional wrestling to a whole new world. Yes, he did a whole new so world. So you were a fan of Bruno Sammartino. Who else can you tell us that you really enjoyed being friends with uh, in WWF? Well, at that time, you know, I met uh, lots of old time people I don't remember now. They, almost, they are even dead now. And Waldo Von Erich is a very, very nice yeah. guy. I could speak a little bit German because when I escape, you know, I live in Vienna, Austria, and I pick up a little bit German. And Waldo speaks a little bit German, you know. You got a lot of, I, you <laughs> speak a lot of, a lot of yeah. different. But now I, now I lost it, my lost it. You don't use it, you lose it. What now, about the Iron Sheik? Because that was your uh, well, tag Sheik, team. Iron Sheik was a very good friend. Even now he's a good friend. And uh, I remember Iron Sheik was an Olympic champion. He was a good amateur champion. When I met him, he was weighed like 189 pounds. And he was in nothing, you know, about... All day working out, yeah. eat right food and everything else. Very strict on his diet and everything. And he was gracious. But then after he picked up the wrong crowd, I guess. And yeah. But now I can say very proudly he's clean again. Oh, Is he really? Yes, he's clean again. Now he's, he's clean again. He's doing all right. Because he's got to be up there in age now. It's oh, right. yeah. He's older than me, yes. That will kill him. So where's home for you now? Baltimore. Baltimore, Maryland. Yes. And uh, you completely retired or? No, no, I still wrestle. I still wrestle. I do lots of uh, shows. You know, we have our outdoor science show and wrestling shows, too. I still wrestle. You still wrestle oh, at yes. 62 years old? Yes. My, my <laughs> wife don't let me quit. Yeah. <laughs> How do you feel? The bones are good? Everything, uh, you hurt well, or what? Thank, thank you, Bruno San Martino, taking no drugs, you know. I'm still okay. I'm still working out, and I feel good. I, actually, I feel better now than, than probably 20 years ago because I changed my diet. I know it, uh, actually, like I say, I'm a vegetarian. I don't eat no meat. I only eat fish once a while. Always. Only fish. And on my first month, uh, when, I, when I retired from wrestling in 1996 for Vince McMahon, yeah, I was uh, uh, friends with the late, great Killer Kowalski, Kowalski who yes. lived in this area. Very good man. Vegetarian yeah. his yes. whole life. Yeah, and I used to make fun of him, Walter. <laughs> <laughs> Walter, yeah. He said, Nikola, you're eating dead flesh. Meat is a dead flesh. Yeah, he had a big problem with it. Yeah, I remember I that. Him, Walter, when you even go on a farm, grab the cows to eat it raw like they're alive. And uh, later on, I figured out Walter, Walter was right. Walter was a very, very nice man. One of the nicest men you can actually yes. meet in the business. Very honest, very decent, beautiful person. Nobody ever has to say nothing wrong against them. I wouldn't think you could get that big on a vegetarian diet. Well, you were in the 300s. I don't know. I was 345 pounds, and then uh, 
I tried to lose weight because my blood pressure, I never was sick in my life, then my blood pressure was going up, and I couldn't figure out why. And the Western medicine, I go to the doctor, they, they took every test to find out why I had blood pressure, they couldn't find out why. So I say, everything is okay, why I have blood pressure? So finally, I was lucky to find a Vedic doctor from India. And I told him, I said, I've been on a vegetarian diet now for two months, never lost a pound. He put me on a diet when I ate chicken and fish, and I lost 60 pounds first month. I lost, uh, I lost my blood pressure, too. Really? Going back yeah. on chicken yes. and fish. So yeah. you have to have some in your body. You, have to, yeah. you can't go straight vegetarian. And what do you weigh now, may, may we ask? Yeah, I weigh about between 260 and 270. Wow, so you've gone from 345 to 260, 270. Yeah, yeah. First month, I lost 60 pounds. It's not even working out. Just died. Wow. But, I mean, you're, you're still a robust, strong man. You still work out, obviously. Oh, yeah, I still work out, yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. How tall are you? I'm 6'4". You used to be 6'5". I'm shrinking up. <laughs> <laughs> Those listening on the radio, man, he is a monster. He looks, uh, he looks scary. 62, 62? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Very impressive. Yeah. Well, you know, when I was a kid, that I, I, I grew up in the era of uh, Jimmy Snooperfla- Superfly, Superfly Snooker. He still wrestles. He still wrestles? Yes. He doesn't yeah. look as good as you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's a little bit older than me. Plus, he has lots, you know, lots of accidents, uh, lots of injuries. But his Jimmy is still good. Yeah. Wow. Good, good, beautiful person. Good guy. Is he really? Yes. So as you came to the U.S., your first professional bout here in the WWE was Bruno Sammartino. Yeah, uh, we was the first one to sell at Madison Square Garden. At Madison Square Garden, yeah, it's a complete sellout. In, in 1970. And we was the first one to wrestle one hour to a draw at Madison Square Garden. That was in 1974. That was the first time, probably last time. What is that like, walking into the ring, 20,000-plus people? It was a beautiful feeling. Wow. You have all just... those people there, you know, and they're yelling, screaming, enjoy themselves, and... It's unbelievable, but unfortunately, they're screaming negative to you, kill the guy, and, uh, but, but it's still just amazing that that many people, I mean, you're, you're a rock star, basically. I mean, yeah. that, it's the closest yeah. thing to, is a rock star. I mean. And then I'll tell you another story, it'd be very interesting people to know. I never was scared on a ring, except for one time I got really scared on a ring, and that was in uh, Louisiana. I was wrestling a Magnum PA in a, a Superdome. We have like 22,000 people. And uh, that time promoted uh, Bill Watts have idea to have playing tape of Russian national anthem. Sure. Oh, that's when it first started. Before, yeah, first started, yes. And then he asked me, can I find it? I said, yes. I, I called my mother. She sent me one. So <laughs> my mother sent me tape, and I gave it to the, the time Grizzly Smith. God bless his soul. He just passed away. That was a, a Jake the Snake father. Okay. Jake the Snake's dad. Yeah. He was a very big guy. He was about 450 pounds less oh, of wow. his partners, the Kentuckians. And, uh, and he said to me, Nikolai, you know, tonight, I said, I hope you have your tape because I left my tape in office. I'm going to be fined $1,000 but not bringing you tape for the big show like this. I said, Grizzly, don't worry. I have a better idea. I'll go sing it. Uh, yeah, baby. So we come to the ring. Uh, wow. The announcer announced the people said, ladies and gentlemen, Nikolai apologized. You know, be able to hear uh, tape of Russian National Anthem because junkyard, junkyard dogs stole it. <laughs> and people was happy as hell. They clapping, jumping down after they cool off a little bit. Say, but however, Nikola won't you all stand up and respect singing Russian National Anthem? Wow! <laughs> when they heard that, they start stopping there. About twenty thousand people. Here we are. Stop. 
stopping the foot on a wooden on the, the chair on a steel chair oh. in, a, in, a, in a superdome. I thought the whole house, the whole building would fall down. That was that was the first time I ever got scared. Uh, really? Yeah. yeah. Were you ever scared in the ring against anybody? No. <laughs> Look at him. Look at him. No. Of course not. <laughs> no. What's what's the most memorable match you ever had? Well, one most memorable match was uh, when I wrestled Bruno San Martino for one hour in Mesa Square Garden, and I actually have a, hurt my knees in that match, and I still made it for one hour. You made it for a full hour? For a full hour, I mean, yes. that's exhausting. Yes. You yep. have to be in tremendous shape to do that. And can yeah. you imagine, you know, like the, the stuff that's on now, I don't know if you watch the no. UFC fighting and stuff like yeah. that, you're talking three minutes. Right. These guys are exhausted after three minutes. Right. You're yeah. talking 60 minutes. Right. Of no breaks in between. Of these guys picking oh, another yeah. guy up over his head. I mean, you picked yeah. up guys 250, 300 pounds over your head and dropped them on your knee. Yes. <laughs> yes. 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 I, I do that a- for lunch. After they kick him around for a while. Yeah. Oh. So it's after you take a beat and then you've got to give this guy a beat and then back and forth and back and forth for an hour. Some, who who some of the toughest guys you ever wrestled with? Well, Bruno Sammartino was a very tough guy, and Ken Pantera was a very very strong guy. Uh, and uh, Ken Butera, what about Andre the Giant? Well, Andre the Giant was a you know big big guy, and uh, actually, Andre the Giant, uh, his his uh, mother was Polish, but his father was Croatian. Oh, really? So oh. he speak Polish. So I could I could I could understand him. You know, speaking Polish, I speak Polish too. And uh, it was, Andre was Speaks very... everything. Andre, <laughs> yeah, because Polish is a Slavic language. You speak, sure. You speak Croatian, Russian, and you speak Polish too. And uh, Andre was a very, very nice guy, you know, very, very nice, but uh, he had lots of pain, and he know he don't go live long, you know, because yeah. people like him, they have the disease, they, I guess, grow all their life, uh, especially the hair growing, and, and lots of injury, lots of pain, you know. Right. That's terrible. Yeah. But he was a really nice guy. Oh, yeah, he was a really nice guy. He be just uh, he be just if uh, he be just uh, lean on you, he hurt you. And I was one time in uh, in Quebec, but he just come in. And we used to stop at this little Greek restaurant on halfway Quebec uh, Quebec City in Montreal. We would eat over there. I could hear. And I heard Andre stories was, of this. Yeah, Andre was get out. To the guy come drunk, a little first and say, "Oh look at look at the big big giant, you know, big freak." You know, he could really drink. Yeah. Any- oh yeah, yes. And the guy come and hit him. Really? Some guy came yeah. and hit him. Yeah. yeah. And then Crazy. they ran to the, the first wagon. I got me with one hand. He picked up the first wagon, threw him over on the roof. Wow. So with one hand, he picked the guy up yes. and threw him on the roof. No, no, no. Picked he up picked the Volkswagen. Up the whole first wagon. Turned the Volkswagen over. For, for, for the he picked up a whole Volkswagen with yes. one, hand, one hand. Turned yeah. it on the roof. Turned it upside yeah. down. Oh my God! These guys are so. Strong so when the, when the police come, they said, "What happened?" He said, "This big giant turned on Volkswagen." <laughs> oh yeah, sure, a giant giant. <laughs> the police start laughing. They said, "You guy must be drunk." They was wrong that they took him to jail. <laughs> <laughs> and it was true. They did it. Oh my, oh God. my yeah. gosh, that's awesome. Yes, that is a memorable moment. Any other um, wrestling heroes that that stick out in your mind? Guys that you really liked. Guys that you you, you had, um, as far as managers, you had not only Freddie Blassie, but the Lou Albano. Lou Albano, Albano yes. Lou Albano, it, it was, you know, a very good guy. Actually, when I come here, I, uh, for the first time, I brought my mom and dad here. And my mom and dad couldn't speak English, but both speak Italian. Okay. So Lou so Albano, we speak with them Italian. Okay. And I, I, it was so interesting. You know, it was so funny. Yeah. <laughs> 
I remember Lou Albano, the Sicilians, when yes. he was a wrestler. Yes. He was why the, did he tape elastics to his face? I don't know why. Lou was, you know, I guess a little bit crazy, you know, but uh, it was a good heart, a good family man. Was he really? Oh, yes, very good family man, yes. Which I hear the same about you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you're, you're a tremendous guy, and you do a lot of, a lot of nice things for people. Yeah, I, I, you know, when you do something good, make you feel good. Yeah. yeah. If we'll go around, come around. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? So you're going to keep going. Yeah, exactly. Isn't that nice? Uh, is there any place people can see you wrestle now? Oh, yeah, lots of, lots of the independent show. I'm, next show, I believe, I go, I'm going to Canada. Then I'm, I'm going to go to California again in, in uh, San Francisco. And uh, Pennsylvania, not far from my home, so I do lots of day for if you have a... Yeah, you, you were with the AWA for a short time. Yes. Oh, uh, that was on with Bobby Heenan? Yes. So you really made the rounds all, all these years, all the different uh, organizations you were with. And, uh, by, by, uh, but the, the strongest was with, with the WWE. Yeah, yes. And um, Vince McMahon, who turns out to be a good guy. I'm surprised to hear, actually. Yep. Uh yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm speechless here really? talking to a legend. Is, <laughs> really? I mean, I want to ask him a million things. Um, Ted DiBiase, uh, Freddie Blassie. What do you goodness. think of What do you think of professional wrestling today by comparison of what you did? Well, you know, it's different. I think people, everything has changed. I mean, people are different. You know, everything, nothing ever stays the same. You know, modern nature. You know, when you are young, you want to get bigger. When you when you when you get big, you want to get lose weight, <laughs> you know. But uh, most important thing, I think, the best thing is to stay healthy. Yeah. Do you do you, do you respect what they're doing in professional wrestling today? Oh yeah, they they do lots of flying. You know, they're working very very hard. You know, they may get hurt more than you know. We used to get hurt, but they get hurt too. You know. Yeah. So. How about Hulk Hogan? Uh, Hulk you wrestled Hogan. him? Yes, I wrestled him many many times. I guess. Uh, He's having a tough time now. Yeah, he's having a tough time now, now, but, uh, you know, I feel sorry for that. But, uh, you know, I wish him all the best luck. Yeah. You saw the movie The Wrestler? I saw a little bit. I was supposed to be in it, too. Oh, they, really? Uh, yeah, they asked me to come down there, but I did not go. Okay. Uh, but you didn't see it all the way through? Then, you know, I, I, wanted, I was Yeah, wondering. I saw some. Yeah. yeah. yeah it was, it was you know. Realistic? Realistic story, yes. You know, we... That's what they go through and the tough yeah, times sure. they have. And it, it's uh, yeah. a little bit sad, yes. you know, of, of a guy that went all the way he went through and, and mm. having a tough time like that. So, uh, you know, th- that's the thing I feel, you know, and that goes for uh, boxers as much as wrestlers oh, sure. and everything yeah. like that, yeah. that. You know, we have a, a, a famous boxing guy looking on right now, and uh, he, he's been through it himself yeah. uh, with, with his personal um, people he managed and things like that. What do you got? Like I said, I'm I'm a little uh, I, o- overwhelmed that you're here to tell you the truth. Yeah, I am too. I am too. Um, what 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 can you tell us about? Jeez, um, a million questions. I don't know. I don't, who who didn't you like in wrestling? <laughs> well, actually, um, you know, who was a villain? Who was who who was out for themselves? No, I have lots of guys, but I'd rather not talk to them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they be, they, you know, we'll come around, you know, we'll is go it, around, come around. Is it as corrupt as people believe it is? Well, depends. 
it depends who, depends who you talk and who you ask you know but uh, I have a you know good time I enjoyed it uh, my career on wrestler you know and uh, I get thanked lots of people to help me you know but as far as to to really make it you make it through Vince McMahon and that's the way to yes, make today it is only is only one before it should be lots of different organizations you know, so, but now is uh, most important Vince McMahon is number one yeah Vince McMahon's number one yes absolutely. Mr. Jonathan, what do you got to say? Uh, would you guys like to play our Dead or Alive game? Yeah, okay. let's play that with uh, yeah. with Nikolai here. That'll be great. It's, do we have what we have on the list? Do so, we, do we have somebody on the line? We do not. We do not. We haven't given the number out yet. Okay. Well, this is what we number. this is what we do, and this is what's interesting about okay. the wrestling part of it. Uh, the number here is six zero three nine five two forty five nineteen. If you're listening, six zero three nine five two forty five nineteen. Give us a call, and what we do is ask them if these famous people are dead or alive. Okay. And in it this week, I know we have included a lot of wrestlers that maybe uh, people don't realize uh, are still around. And if somebody could give us a call, 603-952-4519, give us a call and play our game. What we do is give you a couple of cigars, and uh, you decide if you want to play, and we double up until we go all the way to a full box of cigars. This week, obviously, is going to be hammer and sickle. Do you smoke cigars at all? No. (laughs) No cigars. Do you drink vodka? No. Oh, my goodness. Wow. All health. No even sodas. No sodas. No soda. No soda. No meat. No meat. What do you eat? Well, when I ask uh, my doctor, you know, I said, now when I don't eat no meat, but I get my protein. You know, he told me, he said, he said, where elephant got his protein? What is? Elephant. Elephant? Yeah. He don't eat no meat. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. How does an elephant get his protein? Yes. And they're huge. Yes. And the strongest. It, yeah. And w- one of the strongest animals there is. But, but yeah. really, how do you, w- w- where where do you get protein? protein? Well, for vegetables, they have more protein than meat, and your body digests faster and, and better. Like, uh, for example, uh, tofu have uh, more calcium than milk, uh, more protein than meat. Tofu. tofu. Yeah. My God. I can't, I can't get through it. No. <laughs> <laughs> You're looking at a couple of fat guys here next to you, but I can't imagine. End up, Mr. Jonathan's a vegetarian, the guy sitting next to you. We make fun of him each week. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. We, 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 won't make fun of, we won't make fun of you, but uh. we make fun of him. <laughs> I'll bear the brunt of the jokes. Uh, for, yeah. for those people who want to know, you have a, an autobiography. Is that correct? Huh? You have a, a book, an autobiography. No, 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 not yet. Not yet? Not yet. It's well, coming? If it's come up soon. Well, you should do it. You absolutely yeah. should do it. Uh, bef- before being um, Nikolai Volkov, Beppo Mongol. Beppo the, Mongol, the, yeah. the Mongols and, and also uh, fought in, in Boston, and I remember that. Uh, I looked up uh, some old pitches, and apparently after you were Beppo Mongol, the Mongols continued with somebody else taking your spot. Yes, yeah. And because I looked at the picture. I was going to bring the picture in, but it wasn't you. No. So who, do you, who, who took your spot then, you know? Yeah, it was another guy from uh, Pennsylvania time. I believe it was Bill. Yeah, big Bill. guy. Yeah, big but, guy. But it wasn't the same face. Yeah. I said, this isn't him. I'm sure it's not him, and I apparently wasn't. Uh, married 35 years? 40 years. Married 40, 40 years 40 now. years, yes. Same Two woman. daughters? Two daughters, yes. And both of them uh, live close? Yes. In the Maryland area? Yeah, in Maryland. One is a teacher, another one is a nurse. They'll finish school and... Uh, no interest in wrestling for them? No, no, I would never let them. Are you well, a grandfather? Not yet. Not, not yet. yet. Not yet. 
That's awesome. Um, apparently, uh, your friend Freddie Blassie describes you as a good family man. Yes. Freddie was, a, Freddie was a very nice man. And uh, one time, even his book, you can see it. Uh, I brought him together with his, uh, with his daughter. Yeah. When I was in, in a restaurant in uh, San Luis, this young girl came to me. A young girl, she was 35 years old. And was Sharon. Sharon? Sharon, yes. And she asked me, Fred Blessed could be with me. I said, no, he only, you know, he cannot come on the road. You just go for television, you know. And she started crying. And I said, why are you crying? He said, Fred Blessed, his father, she never, she never seen him. So she was like uh, one year old. She didn't even remember him. So wow. I told him, well, give me your phone number. I'll make sure he call you. So she gave me the number, and I had make a Freddy call him. Oh, wow. And we was all in the room. We called him. We was all in the room. Me, Lou Albano, Bruno San Martino. Lots of she knew there. who he was? Oh. That it was him? Yeah, yeah. She knew it was him. And uh, pretty soon we saw uh, Freddy talk on the phone. And, uh, oh, my God. Had tears on his eyes. Started crying. So we all left the room, let him talk to her daughter. Wow. And then after he finished talking, I said, did you call your son? He said, no, I don't have the number. I said, call your daughter back. So he called his daughter back. Then he talked to his both sons. Wow. And that son, and um, they would stay in touch until he died. Oh, that that's good. Friends. So good. that was, that was somewhat, somewhat uh, nice. Most important. Yes. Now, what people don't know is uh, you tried to have a career in politics. Well, I was, I was thinking go in politics, but, uh, but actually... It was okay. It was, it was okay. It was, it was a good, good experience. It was a good experience? Good experience, yeah. You, you're, on, you're on the air. Mr. John, we have somebody on the air. Who is this? Can you hear me now? I hear everything. You hear me, but they can't hear me. Sorry about that. Okay. All right. Who do we have online? Hello? Who's this? Hello, Rick. 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 Hi. Okay, Rick. You want to play Dead or Alive? Yes. All right, we have uh, two cigars for you right off the bat. They hammer and sickle cigars, and the thing is, you're going to risk those two cigars right now for two more, and we're going to double up. Okay, your your answer is is simply dead or alive. Okay. 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 Brett, the hitman, hot. Is he alive or dead? I can't. I didn't. I didn't hear that. Brett, the hitman, hot. Dead or alive? He's dead. Wrong. He is alive. Oh. You want to give him another chance? No, that's it for you. That's it? He's all done. But uh, you know what? We're going to send you the two cigars anyway, so stay on the line, and Mr. Jonathan's going to get your name and address, and we'll send you out two cigars anyway. Brett, the hitman hot, wouldn't be happy to hear that. Uh, you think he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> he is alive. Very much so. Yeah, I just saw him, too. Really? really? Yeah. Well, he wouldn't be happy to hear they think he's dead. Mr. Jonathan, I hear Okay, 603-952-4519. If you want to play with us, it's that easy. 603-952. Mr. Jonathan, we can hear him. We, got, we, got, we still got Rick. We have Rick on the line. 603-952-4519 is the number. Give us a call. That's how easy it is. Okay, I'm sorry. So um, while we're here, we're waiting for our next caller. Nikolai, you were uh, announced as one of the WWE Hall of Fame inductees in 2005. Yes. Can you tell us about that? Is that I mean, that's got to be a heck of a, oh, it was a, heck a, of a thing. Yeah, it was a big crowd. You know, it was uh, done in California. And uh, it was great. I was there with uh, Hulk Hogan, uh, Iron Sheik, my partner, uh, 
Jimmy Hart, uh, Paul Androff. They, they were all inducted at the they same time, too? time and, uh, Well, you certainly should be a Hall of Fame. Mr. Yeah. Jonathan, we have someone else? We have Sal on the line. Sal! Sal! Now we don't Hang have on. Sal. Did I drop him? Mr. Jonathan. Oh, no, I'm here, I'm here. There you are. Say yes, hello sir. to Nikolai Volkov. There we go. Sorry about that, guys. All Sal, right. say hello to Nikolai. Hey, Nick. How are you? Pretty good. How you doing? Very good. Very good. It's always a pleasure watching you on TV. Thank You're you. You're the greatest. You're a legend, my man. Beautiful. You're beautiful. Okay, Sal, uh, let me ask you this. Uh, you want to play some Dead or Alive? Yes. Okay. We're going to give you two hammer and sickle cigars to start off with. And you're gonna risk okay. the, you're gonna risk them for four cigars. Okay. Is he dead or alive, Captain Lou Albano? He's dead. He is dead. You Ooh. have we have four cigars. You ready to risk those four for eight? Absolutely. Let's go. Bring it on. Okay. Junkyard dog. Junkyard dog is junkyard dog alive. He is eh. dead. He is dead. dead. Yep. Ah. We're going to give you two cigars All anyway, right. so hang on the line, and Mr. Jonathan <laughs> will take your information. Thanks for calling in. Okay, that was Sal. We didn't check where he was, but that was Sal. So talk to us about, uh, you, were, you were mentioning to us about being inducted into the Hall of Fame in 2005. Do you yeah. feel as though you were appreciated as a wrestler through your career? Oh, yes, yes. Even though you were hated, you know, in your heyday. Well, every, every place I go now, you know, people ask me, please, can you sing Russian and Sri Lankan? <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. And then I think they all stand up and salute. And it okay. was a big fun. And, and speaking of music and singing the national anthem, you actually sang another song that uh, Mr. Jonathan, you have that song? He, he did a... Uh, oh, Caramia. Yes, that was... Caramia. That one I do not have. You do not have. Oh, Sorry. my gosh. Well... Anyway, uh, how about a little of the national anthem? You want to do a little of that for our, for our sure, viewers? Sure. Should we stand? Yeah. Absolutely. No, no, no. <laughs> Out of respect. Out of respect okay. for Russia. Okay. Beautiful. Well, we've had on the air with us. This is a, a big treat for us. I can't thank you enough oh, for the Cigar Authority. Nikolai Volkov, thank you so much for joining us today. And uh, He's going to be here all day. For those of you around, Salem, New Hampshire store, two guys um, yeah, on Broadway here in Salem. Come in, get an autograph picture. There's a whole bunch of people waiting for you for your autographs right now. Okay. And Hammer, it's unfortunately a uh, vegetarian who doesn't smoke a drink. <laughs> but, hey, what do we eat? Looks like he smokes cigars to me, but anyway, uh, thank you for joining in with us, and uh, we'll be here all day with Nikolai Volkov. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be back in a little while. We'll talk cigars with you, and uh, we got lots more going on. Uh, come on by, Two Guys Smoke Shop. If you get a chance, say hello to Nikolai, and we'll be back in just a few minutes. Bye-bye, everybody. Thank you.
David Garofalo from the Cigar Authority. I would like to invite you to visit one of my Two Guys Smoke Shops. Two Guys is the largest cigar retailer in the world, and I'm very proud of that. It's Stogie Heaven. Two Guys is conveniently located off Exit 1 on Route 93, 95, and Route 3 in Salem, Nashua, and Seabrook, New Hampshire. You see, there's no cigar tax in New Hampshire. And coincidentally, we have put three glorious cigar shops right over the border for your convenience. Take the pilgrimage to Two Guys Smoke Shop in Tax-Free New Hampshire or find us on the web at twoguyssmokeshop.com. We ship cigars anywhere and single cigars too. Two Guys Smoke Shop. It's Stogie Heaven. Mr. Jonathan is my DJ.com is your one-stop shop for everything DJ and sound production. We do everything from TV to radio and weddings to backyard barbecues. Whether you are planning a small, intimate gathering or a huge 4,000-person event, we will tailor a package to fit your needs. Reach me at info at mrjonathanismydj.com or by phone 603-475-1391. Hey, Sammy B here. Sammy B's Custom Carpentry. Foundation to finish and everything in between. Find a job I can't do. I dare you. At Sammy B's Custom Carpentry, I build everything myself. So you know it's American-made and built to last. I don't subcontract. I'm committed to getting the job, and I'm committed to finishing the job personally. Call for a brochure and references. 603-553-2345. If you can dream it, I can build it. Sammy B's 603-553-2345. Looking to buy or sell a home in Central Florida? How about a vacation home? There's never been a better time than now. Prices are great. Call ownahomeincentralfl.com. FL stands for Florida, and it's warm there, Charlie. That's right, and no state income tax either. Check this out. New construction home, 1,800 square feet, three bed, two bath, brand new, have it the way you want it, starting at 139000 in Kissimmee, St. Cloud. Find it online at ownahomeincentralfl.com or call our friend Paul Antonelli toll-free at 800-338-2549 or Paul's direct cell number, and he's going to hate this, but I'm giving it to you anyway, 321-443-4028. And it's warm there, Charlie. White Birch Brewing is the home of finely crafted small batch beers. My friend, owner and operator Bill Herlicka's Dole, is to brew great beer for the beer enthusiast. Let me tell you from experience, folks, this guy's all about quality. White Birch Brewing is a two-barrel brewery located in Hookset, New Hampshire, that takes an artisan approach to brewing. Bill releases unique interpretations of Belgian styles, barley wines, imperial stouts, and wild ales. Each batch is bottle conditioned and aged at the brewery. It's a slow process, but one they wouldn't trade for anything. Ask your local retailer for White Birch beers or... Go to whitebirchbrewing.com. Our friends at White Birch Brewing are as passionate about beer as the Cigar Authority is about food? No. Cigars. Cigars. Yeah, that makes sense. Grella Financial is a multi-generational, wholly independent financial planning firm. Family-owned and operated, all of their clients are treated like extensions of their family. They'll take the time to find out what is truly important to you for making great financial decisions. Unlike working with larger firms and talking to voicemail, you are assured to talk with Tom Sr., Tom Jr., Joanne, or Bridget Grella every time. Going through a divorce, selling a business, inheriting money, or about to retire? Consider calling the Grella family at 800-752-7235 or visit them on the web at grellafinancial.com. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. 
Nice. Yeah, baby. Little Stevie Wonder to kick us off. Boom, 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 boom. I like it. 603-952-4519 is the number. 603-952-4519. We are the Cigar Authority. We're back live here as Nikolai Volkov in studio, walking around, shaking hands, making friends. The man is a legend. Here we go. Um, we are going to... Music, music. What do you need music for? Can, oh, you can still hear it. I'm sorry. They can't hear it. I don't know, Mr. Jonathan. I'm hearing Stevie Wonder singing in my headsets right now. Yeah. We got um, Master Blaster. Here we go. Um, we have... Um, we're little, smoking. A little messed up. We're going to smoke. We're going to smoke. Let me get back to it. We are going to smoke a Davidoff right now. This Anniversario number two. $24 cigar, 7 inches by 48. And we're going to smoke this cigar for a reason, because this hour we are going to talk about the new European Cigar Journal that just came out, and also that just hit the shelves with Cigar Aficionado. The new issue of Cigar Aficionado just hit the shelves. And this cigar in particular um, really... Uh, made me think as I was reading through both magazines and how both magazines felt very different about a lot of different cigars, I said, this is the one we have to smoke. Okay, well, I got an idea. Before we mention the magazines, let's talk about what we think of this cigar, okay? Now, I've smoked a lot of these, actually boxes, and I got to tell you, this is one of my favorite cigars that I can get on the shelf all the time. Now, the reason I want to be specific about this you can buy a Davidoff Anniversario number two anytime you walk into any Davidoff dealer. They're always available. Correct. One of the best things about Davidoff is they make a cigar of this particular quality, very, very good quality, and it's always the same and it's always available. Other $22 cigars, like, for example, an 24. Opus. 24. 24. Other $24 cigars, like, for example, an Opus X, okay, you can only get for a very limited time when they're released. Not very often at a Fuente dealer. They're yep. very, very difficult to get. This not only is a $24 cigar, this is a, and a cigar that's sold all the time. This is a cigar that sells like hell. It's big it's selling. Unbel- I, it's got to be the number one selling premium, high-end premium, high end ultra premium, premium cigar. Because, be. it's, because it's so consistent every time. It's always going to smoke this way. It's always going to be this good. This cigar, I'm going to tell you, starts out kind of mild, has got a very, very balanced flavor, and develops as it, as it smokes. And when you get a, an ultra-premium cigar like this, okay, that's what you're looking for. You're looking for something that changes as you smoke it, that uh, keeps your palate interested and doesn't become either bland or kill your palate. And this cigar gets stronger as you get through it. And you just you end up nubbing it. I end up nubbing it every single time. We're just lighting up, but we smoke the cigar a whole bunch of times. A whole so, bunch of times. Mm-hmm. So there's there's no making believe like it's the first time. It's an elegant, beautiful, top top of the line. Anybody that says any different doesn't know cigars. Ex- exactly to my point. You cannot you cannot be a premium cigar smoker and really know your stuff and say that this is a bad cigar. It's just not possible. 
you may say, well, I prefer this taste over that taste. But even if you're a guy who smokes something totally different, like, for example, um, a Padron 1926 on a regular basis, and that's a, a, a much, we different, we love it, we love much it. different tasting cigar, you'll still smoke this and go, wow, what a great cigar. You know it's a great cigar. You know it. Everybody is. knows it's a great cigar, right? End of story. Which is going to take us to the subject that matters. Exactly. Why we said that first. Exactly. There's the good lead-in. Okay. So uh, uh, um, the new issue of European Cigar Journal is on my shelf, is on my desk. Uh, it was sent to me by the editor. It's not out yet. It'll come out, I believe, next week or the, or the following week. But here's an advanced copy for me. And it's published all over the world. That's right. This is all over the world. European Cigar Magazine. This is written in different languages. Uh, it's half German and half, uh, half the pages in German, half the page is in English, which is repeating just what it said in English. And there's, there's brands on here that aren't even available into this country, but this magazine is. And the U.S. editor will have on uh, in maybe about 20, 30 minutes. This magazine, European Cigar Journal, is kind of universally appreciated um, as a, a cigar, a, a real cigar authority, like what we're trying to be, okay? If you pick up European Cigar Journal, you can pretty much bet that they know what they're talking about. Right? They, they're able to, first off, they can get any cigar in the world because it's not like the United States. Even though the United States, uh, they obviously get the, um, Cubans. the Cuban cigars, which they shouldn't because it's an illegal product uh, in this country. But they get it and they rate them, and, and that'll take us to the subject matter. The Cigar Journal, European Cigar Journal, yeah. rates their cigars differently than Cigar Aficionado. Cigar they use a star system. Right. One to five stars. Yeah. And they used half stars and the whole bit. Right. The, obviously, Cigar Aficionado, we know, does one to a hundred. Right. So going through this issue, and you can flip through if yeah, you want. I do. Going through it, um, there has been 55 cigars rated. Yep. Seven of those got five stars. So of 55, only seven received five stars. One of them was a Cuban cigar. It was a Cuban cigar from three years ago. The Cohiba Maduro? The Cohiba Maduro from May... 2007, he received five stars. There was a total of 10 Cuban cigars in that issue. One received five stars. Now, wait a minute. Let me just describe, David, because this is a new issue, and they're saying, well, is this review old? The review is actually not old. They're smoking a box of Cohiba Maduros that were manufactured in May of 2007. They're smoking those today to review it today. Correct. Correct. Now, the other cigars that were rated, the other six cigars that were rated, two of them were Davidoff. Dominican Republic. Mm-hmm. Another one was Opus X, Fuente Opus X, five stars, yep. Dominican Republic. Another one was Zeno Platinum, another Dominican, five stars. Yep. The Oliva V, yep. five stars. Five stars, and that is the Nicaraguan. And the other one is a Padron 1926, number two Maduro, which is a Nicaraguan cigar also. And again, I'm going to be really specific here, okay? In this country, we have like a, an affection for cu- Cuban cigars because, hey, it's the forbidden fruit. This is a magazine that caters to um, an audience that does not have a forbidden fruit issue uh, like we do. Okay, they can get anything. Yet, in rating all these different cigars, okay, 55 different cigars, they call one Cuban a five-star cigar. The rest are all non-Cuban. Right, and we're talking about an aged box. This is what we say to our listeners all Three the time. Three years old. This is what we say to people all the time. Yeah. Okay, Cuba is not making a ton of great product. There, there's some pockets that are really great, and yes, they're different because it's got that Cuban flavor. No question about it. However, 
Cuba's definitely not making the best of the best right now. No. Hasn't been for a long time. Now, that's according to us, and that's according to European Cigar Journal. Now, right. let's turn the pages to the new cigar aficionado that came out. Okay. And this has uh, Rocky Balboa, yep. Sylvester Stallone on the cover. I got it. And we have um, 80 cigars rated. Their system is 1 to 100. Yeah. Plus, they have a connoisseur's corner. Which is usually old stuff. Old stuff that's yeah. in the back. Yeah. And it can be anything. Right. Well, first off, on the Connoisseur's collection, yeah. they have six cigars that are rated. All of them are Cuban cigars. Nothing else. Yeah. To a mar- By the way, and this magazine is only sold in the U.S. market where you can't get any of them. Correct. Legally, at any rate. Is Cigar Aficionado sold in other countries? I'm not sure of that. Actually, I don't know the answer okay. to that, but I can tell you the magazine definitely caters to the U.S. market. Okay. Okay. On Now, they, they also put their cigars in segments of the kinds of cigars they are, the size of cigars, as opposed to the way European Cigar Journal just puts them all together. They actually put them in pockets of different sizes. So on the Churchill end, the highest rated cigar was the Cuban H. Upman Sir Winston. Actually, a good cigar. It's a great cigar. But that got a 92. Yeah. Okay. It was the number one rated Churchill. Yeah. Uh, the number one rated Corona Gorda. Yeah. Which is a Toro size cigar. Was the Trinidad Robusto, 92. Again, Cuban cigar. Yeah. The number um, one rated Figurado. The number one and the number two Figurado. Again, both Cuban. St. Louis Ray and Boulevard. Fino. Yep. St. Louis Ray, by the way, is made for the Asian market only, and uh, they rate that number one in the Boulevard uh, number two, both Cuban cigars. On Petit Coronas, again, the number one rated cigar is a Cuban, Paul Aranaga with a 90. The number one rated Robusto is another Cuban, Ramon Alones, scoring a 92. And only in the Lonsdale section, only the Lonsdale section had something other than the Cuban being rated the top, which the El Trumfador, which and um, the uh, La Flor Dominicana, both scoring a 91, uh, both by by way a very Cubanesque in flavor and a great cigar by the right. way. So not taking anything away from the cigar they chose, but when you go to the European cigar magazine, it is almost polar opposites of what they're saying. And, and it was just amazing to get both of them at the same time and go through this little project that I, that I put myself through. Now, here's where it gets really weird. The lowest-rated cigar in European Cigar Magazine was the Italian cigar Toscano. It's like a Parodi-looking thing, the rough-looking yeah. thing. Yeah. They rated that only two stars. They hit it, the nail right on the head. I mean, very interesting cigar, but no way a quality of anything right. that belonged on those pages. Right. When it came to Cigar Aficionado... They rated the Davidoff Anniversary Number 2, this $24 cigar that we're smoking right now, the lowest of all Churchills at an 85. And here, let me read it. They, this is their description. Bright and blonde with many thin white veins to the wrapper. The cigar draws and burns evenly, though the mild to medium-bodied smoke is yeasty and bready with a peppery c- character. Okay. They rated this cigar much worse then a lot of cigars, and I don't want to beat up another cigar on the page, but I mean, not even in the league. Not even in their league. Yeah. I don't know what is going on in this issue. It's Fonseca just Fonseca 10-10, they give three points higher. That, for example, the Fonseca 10-10 is $7.35. Not a bad cigar, but nowhere in the category. This is the one that kills me, David. They rate a Gurkha Assassin Churchill, okay, 
from Honduras. Again, not a bad cigar, but they rate that an 89. It was the fourth highest of the Churchills over the Davidoff Anniversario number 2, which was an 85. That's just incorrigible. It's incorrigible. That's, they're nowhere in the same league. You can't possibly say that that Gurkha assassin is, is much better than the Davidoff Anniversario number 2. Remember, the European Cigar Magazine, two of their five stars that they gave out were both with Davidoff, and another one was the Zeno Platinum, which is, was, which is a Davidoff in disguise. Made by the, t- made, right. made by the same factory, my non-gay love affair with the Hanky Kelly. There we go. I yeah. mean, it, it's as good as any Davidoff, a Zeno Platinum. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, sure. What, why would Cigar Aficionado give the lowest scores to Davidoff? Now, I'll go back all the way to issue number one of Cigar Aficionado. Davidoff got the highest score of yep. the Churchill. Yep. And now it's the lowest. And the factory's not changed, by the way. The, the manufacturer's not changed. And the cigar is consistent as the, can be. The cigar hasn't changed at all. Hasn't changed a, a wink. Something is up. Something is wrong. It doesn't make any sense to me. And until going through this process, I've been scratching my head all week since I ended up doing this. And I'm saying, what is going on? I looked in there to see if there's an ad. And they, you know, they, they own other brands also and stuff. So they're advertising with them. It's not like, uh, you know what, which would be a damn shame if they end up pulling this, that uh, the amount of advertising we have is going to determine what the rating is. Well, then, then just throw the ratings out because, you know. Right. They, they, they give all the Cuban stuff the highest ratings, right? And Habanos S.A. can't advertise in the magazine. Now, Habanos S.A. is owned by Fidel Castro, Cuban Fidel Castro. Right. This is the communism. Isn't it Altidus, too? Don't they have a... They, they have a piece of it, and all the stuff is distributed through them, and they get a piece of it, which is another European company and stuff. It's far from American stuff. Cuban cigars are communist. Right. It's a communist-owned dictatorship. You know, some people have said when, when they saw Hammer and Sickle, oh, my God, communist thing. There's no communism in Russia. No. I mean, they, and this, by the, the whole way, war is over. None of it's, well, the, the, the lead crystal is Russian, I guess, but the cigar itself is not manufactured in Russia. As we said, it's manufactured in the Dominican Republic by Henke Kellner. It, it's, uh, it was really something to go through this, and we're going to have the editor on, and um, it, it's Colin Ganley, and he'll be on a little while. He's the American editor to cigar, European Cigar Magazine. And coincidentally, he is the guy that developed the system for rating and reviewing cigars called the Independent Cigar Rating System. And that's what I really want to talk to him about. He's the guy that developed it. And to me, going through this and going through this process that I went through this week, with, the, with I think they have it. I don't know exactly how the process works, but it seemed very, very fair. And how they rate their cigars. It seems honest and fair, and I don't know what's going on with this issue. And I, I, as I said earlier on in the show, I do not want to beat up Cigar Aficionado. Cigar Aficionado is, uh, certainly put money in my pocket. They brought cigars forefront they're, in the United they're, States. They're good for the industry. Absolutely. They're good for the industry, but here's the bottom line. Advertising's changed a tremendous amount, okay? And you can't say what you're not anymore. You know, look at the Volkswagen commercials and the, you know, anything in advertising now. It's truth in advertising is, is the motto. Right. Okay? If you go to any of the big um, advertising companies, the big marketing companies, they all tell you truth in advertising. You have to be authentic. This is, these, these are what people are talking about. And if I read Cigar Aficionado, that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for authentic Truism. They they're supposed to be the experts. The experts. Okay, and this makes me question 
their integrity. Absolutely. I don't know what their motive is. I don't know if they have an ulterior motive. We, we know James Suckling. We know um, Marvin Schenken. And we know that they have great palates. Nobody can argue that. So where are they coming from? What's going on? Yeah, I, I should have gave, in fairness, I should have gave Dave Savona a call and asked him to, uh, you know, but typically, you know, we're media right now all of a sudden. Right. So typically media doesn't talk to media. Uh, this is going to be a chance that, that I happen to get an email from uh, European Cigar Magazine, and, and uh, they heard the show, and he said, congratulations, blah, blah, really? blah. And uh, if ever I can do anything for you. And I said, geez, I'd love to have you on sometime, figuring it'd say, you know, media doesn't talk to media right. type of thing. And he says, no, beautiful. So uh, uh, unfortunately, he's at a wedding right now yeah. in, the, in church, yeah. and as soon as church gets out, He's going to give us a call, and we'll talk to him. And most importantly, I want to talk about the rating system because when I got the magazine in, I said, all right, what am I going to end up um, talking to him about? And there's some great articles in it. It's a great magazine. But, you know, let me look. And then going through the ratings, I, I just happened to notice the Davidoff getting the, the, the real kick in the butt here, the worst rating. And then as going through, the, through Cigar Aficionado and going through his, I noticed they're getting the best rating. What is with that? It How can't can... be that off. Right. It can't be that wrong. It can't be that wrong. There's, th- what is wrong, I guess, is the question. Yeah. Is there a story beyond the story here? That is there something I'm missing because... Um, well, there I, is something I have heard. This is a great years. cigar. I mean, I, it's I, fantastic. Again, I'm not going to make believe like I, it's the first time I smoked it. I smoked it many, many times. Is it expensive? Yeah, it's $24. They're not supposedly cigar aficionado, and as you look in here, their top Sir Winston is a $24 cigar. Mm-hmm. And then it goes $7, then it goes $20, then it goes $8, then it goes $19. So they're not going in any kind of uh, numerical it, order by it, any means at all. No, it's not, it's not based on price, which I give them credit for that. Um, and I give them credit for rating the Cuban stuff, even though you can't get it. But, of course, it does make me wonder, why is Cuban stuff, in this magazine, it seems like Cuban cigars always get the highest ratings. And, and the, the falsehood is that Cuban cigars are the best. And, and they're I, not. And they're not. No. And that is the Cigar Authority's decision on this. And can we have the argument? James Suckling is going to be the perfect one. He's going to disagree because he loves I'd Cuban love to cigars. He, I'd love to hear how he disagrees because, again, James Suckling inarguably has a fantastic palate. Right. Either his, his taste profile is swayed so one way that he's inaccurate maybe or he's fibbing. Maybe... You know, and they don't like milder cigars. Their, their taste buds are burned out, and they can't taste the nuances and the great flavors and everything that this particular Davidoff cigar has. I don't know. You know, when you look into some old issues, like I mentioned, issue one, it was this cigar, and it was rated high. So we're going to come back, and hopefully we have the editor on. If not, we'll talk for a little while before we get to him. We're going to tear this apart. Stay tuned. we got more coming from the Cigar Authority. Grella Financial is a multi-generational, wholly independent financial planning firm. Family-owned and operated, all of their clients are treated like extensions of their family. They'll take the time to find out what is truly important to you for making great financial decisions. Unlike working with larger firms and talking to voicemail, you are assured to talk with Tom Sr., Tom Jr., Joanne, or Bridget Grella every time. Going through a divorce, selling a business, inheriting money, or about to retire? Consider calling the Grella family at 800-752-7235 or visit them on the web at grellafinancial.com. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. 
MrJonathanIsMyDJ.com is your one-stop shop for everything DJ and sound production. We do everything from TV to radio and weddings to backyard barbecues. Whether you are planning a small, intimate gathering or a huge 4,000-person event, we will tailor a package to fit your needs. Reach me at info at MrJonathanIsMyDJ.com or by phone 603-475-1391. Get in on the ground floor of our new show, The Cigar Authority. The Cigar Authority reaches a strong audience of educated consumers with disposable incomes. We will tailor a commercial to fit your needs, from post-production to the finished product. Email us at ads at thecigarauthority.com. That's ads at thecigarauthority.com. Get in on our team and team up with The Cigar Authority. Looking to buy or sell a home in Central Florida? How about a vacation home? There's never been a better time than now. Prices are great. Call ownahomeincentralfl.com. FL stands for Florida, and it's warm there, Charlie. That's right, and no state income tax either. Check this out. New construction home, 1,800 square feet, three bed, two bath, brand new, have it the way you want it, starting at 139000 in Kissimmee, St. Cloud. Find it online at ownahomeincentralfl.com or call our friend Paul Antonelli toll-free at 800-338-2549 or Paul's direct cell number, and he's going to hate this, but I'm giving it to you anyway, 321-443-4028. And it's warm there, Charlie. White Birch Brewing is the home of finely crafted small batch beers. My friend, owner and operator Bill Herlicka's Dole, is to brew great beer for the beer enthusiast. Let me tell you from experience, folks, this guy's all about quality. White Birch Brewing is a two-barrel brewery located in Hookset, New Hampshire, that takes an artisan approach to brewing. Bill releases unique interpretations of Belgian styles, barley wines, imperial stouts, and wild ales. Each batch is bottled conditioned and aged at the brewery. It's a slow process, but one they wouldn't trade for anything. Ask your local retailer for White Birch beers or... Go to whitebirchbrewing.com. Our friends at White Birch Brewing are as passionate about beer as the Cigar Authority is about food? No, cigars. Cigars, yeah, that makes sense. Hi, this is David Garofalo from the Cigar Authority. I would like to invite you to visit one of my Two Guys Smoke Shops. Two Guys is the largest cigar retailer in the world, and I'm very proud of that. It's Stogie Heaven. Two Guys is conveniently located off Exit 1 on Route 93, 95, and Route 3 in Salem, Nashua, and Seabrook, New Hampshire. You see, there's no cigar tax in New Hampshire, and coincidentally, we have put three glorious cigar shops right over the border for your convenience. Take the pilgrimage to Two Guys Smoke Shop in Tax-Free New Hampshire, or find us on the web at twoguyssmokeshop.com. We ship cigars anywhere, and single cigars too. Two Guys Smoke Shop. It's Stogie Heaven. 603-952-4519. This is the Cigar Authority. 603-952-4519. We have Nikolai Volkov with us in the store today. And uh, we're smoking hammer and sickle cigars. And right now, we're tearing apart the Davidoff um, rating that uh, got in Cigar Aficionado magazine and how it 
completely changes when you look at European Cigar Magazine, as, as no, they call it, one of the greatest. Let's just be real specific. Again, in the uh, Cigar Aficionado most recent issue, they rate the Davidoff Anniversario number 2 and 85, the lowest rated of the Churchills, which we're smoking. And in the European Cigar Magazine, they actually don't review the exact same cigar, the Anniversario number 2. However, to be specific, they rate the Anniversario number 3 four stars. They give the Davidoff Maduro Robusto five stars. Davidoff Millennium Robusto, four stars. And the Davidoff Special Antreacto, which is a very small cigar, five stars. Now, just first of all, all the Davidoffs are consistently rated high in European magazine, number one. Number two, they actually rate four or five different Davidoff cigars. In Cigar Aficionado, they only rate one. And they, and they rate it the lowest Churchill in the magazine. Right. Right, and no, no, they don't tear it apart that they got, you know, got some sort of soft, underfilled cigar. Maybe they got one bad one out of the box type of thing because they don't mention any of that in the uh, that said no. underfilled. It had blemishes on it, or something that maybe snuck by the um, the people that, that check and make sure everything's perfect. There is one thing I've heard about cigar aficionado and the tasters over there. I've heard that they don't care for the taste of the San Vicente tobacco. Have you heard that? Yes, I have heard that, and that is not necessarily, yes, is this San Vicente be, being used in it? Yeah, San Vicente was used in it in 1992 when they rated it high. Right. Something's up. I'm not right. buying it. But, not, I, but, uh, but that's what I've heard. I've heard, well, they don't care for the taste of San Vicente and tobacco, and every Davidoff, that's a Davidoff, okay, because they make different cigars in that factory, right. but every single Davidoff has San Vicente in it. Uh, maybe the Puro Dioro, the new one that came out, Pure Gold. It may uh, not. may not. I'm not sure of that. They don't mention it. We will have the editor, U.S. editor-in-chief, on in a little while. Before we have him on, I would like to quickly mention a, a horrible story that happened this week in cigars, and that is that in New York there has been a new tax on cigars bringing the cigar tax in the state of New York up to 75 Percent, unbelievable. You heard me correct. Seventy-five percent of the wholesale cost of the cigar to the retailer went up tax-wise seventy-five percent overnight. That should be illegal. Holy God! They were actually trying to get it up to ninety percent, but they ended up going, uh, you know, supposedly uh, not hurting them as bad, but bringing it up to. 75%. Now, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. Cigar stores are going out of business. In New York? Absolutely. Yeah, because you can't compete. New Yorkers can just go out of state and buy the cigars out of state. I've heard uh, three stores. Th- this happened earlier this week. Yeah. And I've heard of three stores already closing their doors, one of which is Uptown Cigar Store. Yeah. Uh, they've been in business for 14 years. And uh, they, uh, at the end of the month, are going out of business. Period. The rising cost to do business in New York no longer allows us to offer our customers the experience and forced us to move our thriving business to Florida. Wow. Where the taxes are more reasonable. Um, this is what's going to happen. That's all there is to it. They have um, the government of New York, their, their governor has decided to raise the tax to 75%. This is not going to create jobs. This is not going to create more taxes, uh, money. This is going to create businesses leaving, people on the unemployment line, businesses are closing. This is the worst thing that could ever happen to a state and the people at, at a time like this. And let me tell you, November's around the corner. Listen to me. 
vote and vote these bums out of office. Absolutely. This is ruining this country. It's the mom-and-pop businesses that built this country, and this is what I hate to get political like this, but this is what is ruining this country, and there's only one way to let them know that you are outraged, and that is to vote. Well, actually, let me add one thing to that, David. Don't just vote, okay? Call your local senator's office. Call your local representative's office and tell them that you're a cigar smoker and explain what you see happening in the cigar smoking world. And the reason I'm saying that is because... It's very simple. We're a majority rule country, okay? And the cigar smokers are a huge minority. We're less than 1% of the population. So just voting alone isn't going to get you heard. And quite frankly, it's very, it's very good for a politician to vote, against, to vote against tobacco because the perception is that, that they loop in all tobacco the same and tobacco's all bad. It's a lose-lose situation, so the So the representatives and the senators don't like to vote in favor of tobacco. It just hurts their political reputation. You have to make them understand and listen. This was a 63% increase in the tax. It goes into effect August 1st, and it was an emergency vote in Albany that happened overnight, and the target was cigarettes, yep. which uh, go up $1.20 per pack. Looks like we have a phone call coming in. Hopefully this is um, this is our phone call we're looking for. This is calling, hopefully. Um, so I will uh, get off this subject right now, and we'll prepare for um, the... Colin Ganley, who is the researcher at St. Anthony's College, Oxford University. Uh, um, he's the U.S. editor-in-chief of European Cigar Journal. And uh, we're hoping we're going to get him here on his busy Saturday. He has a background in economics, finance, trade, business, and history. Uh, his current projects include a book... Uh, on, on history, social uh, meaning, social meaning, and the value of cigars. Um, this guy knows what he's talking about. He's from Washington, D.C., and um, I, I was in Washington this week. I did not have a chance. I was hoping to have a chance to end up uh, talking with him, um, but now I really want to talk to him about his rating system. So I think we have Colin on the air. Do we have him? Waiting one second here for Colin. Um, again, we're talking about European Cigar Journal and uh, their rating system uh, with Colin Gawley, who, again, is the U.S. Editor-in-Chief of European Cigar Journal. Uh, incidentally, he does freelance writing on the topic of cigar and teaches economic history in Europe, Asia, and North America. This is a bright, bright guy. Yeah, it is. All right, guys, I'm going to bring Colin on the line right now. Here he is. Colin, how are you? I'm doing very well. How are you, gentlemen? Good. This Wonderful. is David Garofalo, and you have uh, Tommy, Grella. Tommy Grella here by my side. We have the Cigar Authority. Uh, thank you so much for the advanced copy of Euro- European Cigar Journal, which uh, this used to be European Cigar Cult Journal. Is that right? That's right. Yeah, this year we changed the name um, because it was just too long. It, the, the, the idea of, of the cigar culture wasn't really being clearly communicated by cults, so we just decided to drop it and go with European Cigar Journal. Okay, I want to make sure it was the same. that I've been, I've been reading it for years. Uh, I think it's a great magazine, and, you know, it came in at the same time that Cigar Aficionado came in. And I know you, you, you were at a wedding, and you, you hadn't had a chance to listen to what we've been talking about so far, so I'll bring you quickly up to date. As I, yeah. went, as I went through your ratings, I, uh, which I agreed very, very much on, I noticed a few different things that you guys rated. Um, you had uh, a five-star rating, and you rated 55 cigars. Seven of, the f- seven of them received five stars. Of that, yeah. we had two Davidoffs and a 
Xenoplatinum, which is basically a Davidoff under a different name, as five-star ratings. As I went through yeah. the, the local, uh, the, the latest issue of Cigar Aficionado that just hit our shelves, the lowest-rated Churchill they had was the Davidoff, and that was actually yeah. their lowest-rated cigar. And it really got me to do a little investigation and go back and forth on each one. And uh, to be honest with you, uh, me and Tommy were talking about it, and uh, we agree wholeheartedly with your ratings on this issue. And we are... Um, we disagree with Cigar Aficionado. Yeah, to, to make a long story short, we totally disagree. And in checking up on you before, uh, we noticed that uh, you've developed a system of rating and reviewing cigars called the Independent Cigar Rating System. I wonder if you can yeah. tell us about that and, and how you came up with the rating. Yeah, so the, the independent cigar rating system is, is basically just uh, something that, that came up because I wasn't, I wasn't really happy with how cigars were being rated because too many people were giving you know, 35 points for you know, how it looks, 25 points for taste, really regimented categories and points assigned to those categories. And so I thought, you know, everyone has a different preference. Like for me, taste is the most important thing. Appearance matters, nothing, you know, nothing compared to taste. But for other guys, it's a totally different thing. They prefer appearance, or they want you know white ash, or they want a good draw more than other things. So the the idea behind the independent cigar rating system is basically that whatever you find most important is what you can use as your basis for giving points to the cigar. And so therefore, it kind of works for everybody. And then when you take, I don't know, a hundred people, a thousand people, and you put all their reviews together, you get you know the the criteria that they really want to use to judge a cigar put it all together and you have kind of a, um, a more meaningful um, score I think in the end so well in, in another okay on, on another weird thing that, that I saw through this is you guys rated um, seven um, seven cigars that were uh, were Cubans no ten cigars that were Cubans and one of the ten which was a box of um, Cohiba Maduro from 07 you gave it the five star yep. rating. When yeah. I, when I looked at Cigar Aficionado, they rated um, every single category with the exception of one. Every size category, their number one cigar was a Cuban cigar. Oh, interesting. So I didn't realize that. You know, it, it's interesting. You talk about the ratings, and I don't want to dog on my competitor too much. But the but the interesting thing is, if you look at particularly with Cigar Aficionado, you're going to see the highest scores. This is just what I've seen, and you can tell me if you agree or if you've seen this. But the highest scores seem to always go to cigars that are uh, really full-flavored, and they tend to be like a Torpedo or a Robusto size. If you, if you throw a Lancero or a Corona in there, they're never going to get the same high scores, or at least that's how it seems. And if you throw a lighter body cigar in there, same yeah, thing. It's it, not it, going to get those same high scores. Do you think it, that the tasters in Cigar Aficionado, is it possible that they're, they've basically burnt out their, their taste buds and they can't... Taste the nuances. I mean, seriously, because it, it, it's just yeah. amazing that it's the lowest. I never looked at it this way before, and I'm kind of blown away that they just mm. cannot give a, a milder-tasting cigar a good rating because it must be that they can't taste what I can taste out of it. Right now, we're smoking the Davidoff Anniversary Number 2, which oh, uh, nice. you guys rate at, at the top, and these guys yep. rate at their, at their very lowest. This is, he received yeah. an 85 rating for them. But coincidentally, we went back to an old issue of Cigar Aficionado from 1992, the first issue that came out, and they rated it yeah. the highest. 
Really? So, you know. No, wait, no, wait a minute. I got a question for you, Colin. Excuse me, but yeah. would we think at the Cigar Authority that Hanky Kellner is one of the most consistent manufacturers? Therefore, uh, where I'm going with this is that cigar pretty much hasn't changed from 1992 to now. Yeah. You mean you're a taster? Yeah, I think that's probably true. That's probably true, right? So, yeah. again, why we don't understand what the heck's going on, I don't expect you to tell us what they're thinking, but I certainly mm-hmm. want to know, you know, how, more specifically, how is your rating system not punish mild cigars? Um, well, I, I need to make a, a distinction. So my rating system is not actually the one that we use in the magazine. We're all familiar with it, um, but we actually don't technically use that rating system. We use a very similar system, um, but we just haven't moved over to that. Um, but I think what the difference between our tasting panel and their tasting panel, at least when you look at the reviews, how it kind of ends up being, is that our guys really go a lot for complexity and balance in a cigar. Yep. So if a cigar is really you know, sort of one-dimensional, but it has a nice flavor, it's not going to get as high a score as something that's you know, got a little bit of you know, interest to it, a few different flavors playing off each other. Whether that's a light-body cigar, a medium, a full cigar, um, that doesn't really matter because our thing is, each category can be great. You know, you can have a, a fantastic uh, light-bodied cigar. I love a nice light-bodied cigar. Um, but, and, and so I think you'll see that our, ra- our ratings reflect that philosophy, that, that in every category you can have an excellent cigar. Yeah, I mean, you, you have Opus X along with Padron, 1926, uh, number two Maduro, along with a Davidoff, all getting a five-star. They are all three very, very, very different from each other, yeah. and it makes all yeah. the sense in the world to me because I smoke everything, you know, and I, yeah. I can enjoy a full-bodied cigar and I can enjoy a mild cigar. It looks to me like in this particular issue of Cigar Aficionado, now I have to go back. I mean, this might be something I've just learned. But it seems like they cannot enjoy a mild cigar. Period. It, yeah, I mean, you know, everyone will have to judge for themselves. But if you do go back and look through the issues, you'll see. You know, you've seen this trend, right? Manufacturers are trying to come out with stronger and stronger cigars. And yep. then in this last issue of Cigar Aficionado, the Cane, which is a really intensely oh. strong cigar, yep. got top marks. Right. Um, I think it's a little bit of like the Robert Parker effect, where. Uh, you know, cigar manufacturers to a certain degree know that if they go bigger and bolder and batter, uh, that's how what's going to get them the, the ratings over 90. And, that's going to get them the attention on Cigar Aficionado, that's for sure. But as a retailer, and that's what I am, and I have three cigar stores up in New Hampshire, I'm going to tell you that I would say a strong 80% of our sales are in the milder end. There's, there's a small yeah. group of people that can actually tolerate like a cane. As a matter of fact, Mr. Jonathan, the guy on the board here, uh, last week we smoked a cane because it was going to get the high rating, and Mr. Jonathan was ill from it. I mean, I he, was. he was done yeah. for the day, and that was it. I mean, we got through it, and uh, it's just not something that you could smoke at 10 o'clock in the morning and uh, go to another cigar afterwards, and yet they touted as being the best cigar uh, in the issue. And I want to take nothing away from Kane. It's a full-bodied cigar. It's a great, great cigar, right. but it's not certainly for everybody. And they, and they they say that. They come right out and say it. Right. But mm-hmm. uh, Kane themselves, the people from Oliva, not Cigar right. Aficionado. It should actually have a warning attached to it in Cigar Aficionado. <laughs> and this is for the really full-bodied guy because... 
as a as a consumer comes in and a new guy, and this is who we're talking to all the time, is is a new customer bringing new cigar smokers, and uh, your magazine, of course, the same way, is bringing a new cigar smoker in and saying, here, this is the greatest cigar. So the guy smokes that greatest cigar and says, holy God, I don't like cigars, apparently. Yeah, he may never smoke a cigar again. It's, it, it's actually not good for the industry. Well, to, yeah. No. Uh, Colin, since we have you on the line, I mean, you're, you're really uh, one of the... You're one of the the guys in the cigar industry. I mean, you really know your stuff. Okay? One of the things we always say here on the Cigar Authority is the tobacco coming out of um, most of the world is is the best it's ever been. And we're going to... The other thing we always say is that doesn't include Cuba. (laughs) Uh, Tell us what you think of of cigars now. Tell us what you like, what you think of the industry. I mean, I think this is a one of the. This is probably the best time. I mean, it, it's hard to compare, you know, decades, but you know, this is just such a great time for cigar smokers. Um, I was talking with a guy yesterday who's one of these occasional cigar smokers. You know, the vast majority of guys who smoke cigars only have you know one a month or something along those lines. This was one of those guys, and we just started talking about cigars, and he said, "Oh yeah, but you know, you know, they're so expensive, so I don't smoke them that often." And I said, "You know." I, I think now is one of the best times to smoke cigars because in that range between like four and seven dollars, you can find some phenomenal cigars. Absolutely. And, and, and I can say that to any audience, whether we're in Europe and we're, and we're looking at the Havana's products or whether we're in the United States and we're talking about, I mean, Padron, come on, how, how can you do better than the thousand series of, of Padron for those prices? Mm. You know? um, or Oliva, similar sort of thing. So, you know, now is just a great time. And, yeah, you know, there's always a lot of talk about Cuba and about Cuban tobacco and uh, about how their cigars are doing. For me, they've just had, they're just coming off of two extremely good production years. So that means the tobacco from about 2006, 2005, 2007, um, that tobacco was extremely flavorful. They produced it extremely well. Um, this year, it doesn't seem to be quite the same. Um, so, you know, it's interesting. You kind of have to look at it year by year basis. Now they're dealing with some of the tobacco that was around during the hurricanes. Um, and th- things are a little bit, a little bit dicey down there at the moment. Well, I, um, I noticed that their, their production numbers are way, way down this year. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're hoping to, to get even close to last year's number. And last year's number was a, was a pretty dramatically reduced number. Yeah. They're going to be down 14% from what I'm reading in the trades right now. So that's pretty dr- dramatic. And the problem is that if they do want to produce cigars anyway, they're going to get really crappy. We, we lived through it during uh, the early 90s and the cigar boom days. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, when there's a demand, they, they just shove anything into a tobacco, into, into a shape of a cigar and call it a cigar. And I'm afraid that's what's going to happen to Cuban cigars. Yet you'd never know it in this issue of Cigar Aficionado. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I don't, I'm not I'm not privy to their uh, tasting methods exactly. I know any you know I don't know anything that, that you guys don't know from uh, reading what they say about it and talking to them a little bit. Um, but I do you know it is interesting to watch what happens. For example, about a year ago, we did a rating. Of, we did a, all robustos. The whole issue was all robustos. So we had uh, the Cohiba robusto and a bunch of other Havana's robustos. And the problem was, as as people who smoke Cuban cigars know, every once in a while you get a bad box. Sure. And they're just bad. There's just something wrong with them. Now, it doesn't usually happen with a big ring gauge like a Robusto, but in this case, we had three three cigars where we couldn't draw through a whole bunch of the cigars in the box. So we more or less had to disqualify the cigars from the review. 
but what we did is we, you know, we didn't want to leave that information out because our readers, you know, rely on us to, to tell them the truth. Mm. Um, so, we, so we we put the cigars in there, and we gave them, you know, zero stars and said we couldn't rate the cigar. It, the ones that did draw tasted like this, but we didn't have enough samples in the box that drew correctly in order to give this a review for you. And uh, boy, can you imagine the response oh. we got from that? Oh my God. I, the magazine, the day that the magazine came out, I had the distributors from three different countries in Europe on the phone saying, why didn't you ask us for different cigars? How could this possibly happen? One of them was really tricky and tried to ask me, oh, do you think this is, uh, you know, a problem across all of Havana's trying to get me to say something? I mean, it's just this kind of stuff. Low ratings do not go over well with manufacturers, as you can imagine. Right. And I, I, um, and are they, are they advertisers? Are those brands, those Cuban brands, advertisers with you? Um, yeah, through through different channels. Sometimes it's the retailers who will advertise with those brands, and sometimes it's like distributors. Uh, but yeah, they do advertise in the magazine. But you know, it's it's an integrity issue. Right. Um, we, right. We felt like we just had to do it because the fact of the matter is, we had discussion about it. The fact of the matter is, this is a reality, and this is one of the things that sets apart the Central American and the Dominican cigars from Cuban cigars is the fact that when I go into a, a cigar shop and I buy a Davidoff, for example, I expect that 100% of the time that cigar is going to draw perfectly and it's going to taste the same, and it does. Right. It that is our point today, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, consistency is where it's at, and it's very, very difficult for manufacturers to achieve that. And, and it's yeah. not just Davidoff. Padron has it. Fuente has it. A lot of oh, the okay. top, top companies have consistency. Lito and, Gomez. And, you know, we can't sell Cuban cigars in here uh, in this country, and that's the allure of it. But I know, and I've had them all. I've smoked every single thing that's out there. The problem with the Cuban cigar is it's almost 50-50, or maybe even a little less than that, that it's going to draw, that it's going to burn right. The consistency is completely off. When you get a good one, you get a good one, and you gave you gave one of them five stars, so you got a good one. There's no, you know, I don't mm-hmm. want to beat up the whole country and stuff, but they certainly don't have it going on. And uh, the future looks actually even worse of of the crops they have coming up in the future. Yeah, it's you know, it's, it's interesting to watch. It's definitely interesting to watch. I mean, with uh, with Alejandro Rabina passing this year, you know, they've sort of lost this figure out in Pinar del Rio among the growers. Um, but there's, there's still a lot of really good growers out there. I'm trying to get to know some of them a little bit better. Um, and, you know, they're, they're growing some really nice leaf, but, of course, their only, you know, their only access to fertilizer and things like that is what is uh, provided to them by the, by the scientists at the Ministry of Agriculture. Um, so, you know, it's, it's a very top-down approach to farming, and sometimes it works out really well um, when they get the right soil samples and they give them the right fertilizer, and other times, I think, you know, you know what happens. Uh, it doesn't quite come out right. Colin, um, I, I have a question for you. What, yeah. you, you really know tobacco. Our listeners know that you're, you're one of the guys out there. Tell us what you're smoking these days. What do you like? Ooh, good question. You know, I mean, it's, I think a lot, a lot like you guys, you know, I don't have, I assume, you know, in the retail shop, you're, what you're doing is, you know, trying to find everything, chasing everything. Oh, I haven't sure. smoked that in a while, and you try that. And to be honest, I do that a lot. Um, but recently, I've, um, let's see, but there are a couple things. So, uh, you guys carry Jesus Fuego? Yes. Yeah. The, um, the new origin. Love it. Love um, it. Love it. The little, the little one, though, that comes in the five pack. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. You love it, don't you? 
Yeah, it's, oh, it's unbelievable. That's just <laughs> such a tasty cigar. I, I love that you're saying that. Talking about the price. I hit about talking about the price, which is, you know, something to talk about in its own right. But what a delicious cigar. We smoked it on the show a few weeks ago, and yeah. the both of us said, please don't be um, put off by the appearance of this thing. It's ridiculously yeah. good. Because you have to throw the oh. appearance out because it's a roughly rolled cigar. It's no mold or anything like that. So it doesn't look aesthetically that pleasing. But, boy, the right. taste. Holy God. Yeah, what a great cigar. What else, what else are you liking these days? Um, let's see. So that's that's obviously one that I'm really turned on to. Um, I've actually been been smoking um, a cigar that I, I never would have predicted that I would have been smoking. Um, it's the uh, Cohiba Puro Dominicana. Yes, uh, in the Churchill style, which is a really nice cigar. I, I I never would have predicted that I'd be smoking a non-Cuban Cohiba, but you just can't deny it's a good cigar once you smoke it. I Absolutely. Think, right? Well, I can't thank you enough for the advanced copy that you sent me because this was a great thing that we were able to do. And thank you so much for coming on on with us. We'd love to have you back now and then if you Be- would do so. Before you go, real quick, uh, you got a book coming out. When's that coming out? Uh, no, no launch date yet, but I will definitely keep you guys informed. And yeah, well, I'll, I'll be ha- very happy to come back on the show. Maybe we can do something in person, and I'll see you guys in uh, in New Orleans. Absolutely, great, Colin. Yeah. Thank you so much for calling us today. Great, thanks a lot for having me. Take care. Right. Good one. All right, there's the U.S. Editor-in-Chief of European Cigar Journal. Yep, okay. Colin Ganley, and uh, he's, the book he's working on is a book on the history, social meaning, and value of cigars, and it's a doc, uh, doctoral dissertation on 17th century international trade. The man is brilliant. He's a researcher with Oxford University, St. Anthony's College. He's got a background in economics, finance, trade, and business and history. The man is brilliant. He's brilliant, and we were so lucky to have him on the show today. It was awesome, and this was a great, great thing to go through. Now I'm going to be looking very, very differently as I, as I read through Cigar Aficionado. And again, I, I, I want to say this very, very strongly. Cigar Aficionado put money in my pocket. Cigar Aficionado is a great publication, a classy, classy publication. I can't thank them enough for bringing forefront to everybody the world of cigars. I have a serious problem with the ratings of, of recent days. Absolutely. And uh, they, they do not jive with how I feel about cigars. I think they are missing milder cigars. They're missing the whole, the whole taste of it. I'm loving this stuff. Oh, my God. It's unbelievable. Just like we said, and actually Colin said it best, the complexity, the nuances, that's what he's looking for. This cigar changes yeah. It, it, it's, it's well-rounded. The whole palate balance is, is unbelievable. You, you know, Hanky does it anyway. I yeah. mean, he, he, he wants it to stimulate all parts of your senses. Is it, is it full-bodied and going to knock you in your butt? No. Not close. No, but I am, it, is that what I need to enjoy a good cigar? I don't need to fit It's it also not very mild, though, either, David. I mean, it's, this is definitely medium-medium plus as you get through it. it, it, it and it is, uh, has a lot of flavor. I wouldn't say full-flavored, but medium-plus in flavor, a little milder in strength. Very enjoyable. Mr. Jonathan, is this the first time you smoked a cigar like this? The first time. Great cigar, $24. I'm not going to be passing them out like left and right. No. Here, but it's a, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a go-to cigar for me Absolutely. on a, on a special Absolutely. occasion type of thing. Having a good day. Things are going well for me. I treat myself to this particular cigar. Do you really? Yeah, it's a great, great cigar. You own cigar. the whole freaking store. Right. you got mil- you know, a million cigars in here. And, and, there's, and there's a, I don't want to take anything away from a million other great cigars, but you know what I mean? Don't look at this issue of Cigar Aficionado and say this is the worst cigar in the store because 
That's it's absolutely crazy, and I defy them. And they, they, our, our phones are always open to, to cigar aficionado. They want to come in here and, and make sense of this. I would love to have them all. Oh, absolutely! I re, I have a tremendous amount of respect for for those guys. Dave Savona, Marvin Chankin, James Suckling. You guys absolutely have great palates. We please welcome you to come here and talk to us on the show about what you're thinking, what you're liking, why, and and we'd love to hear it. But we're telling you, and we're telling our listeners. Hey, um, you know, the, 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 the ratings just don't make sense. And it's kind of an insult, quite frankly, to a $24 cigar that you say that it's, it's the worst of the Churchills you, you rated. Yeah. I, I, I'm sorry. You, you really look, shouldn't be allowed to say that. It, it looks like, to me, it looks like you have a problem with the company. Yeah, it looks like you're mad at Davidoff for some reason. And, and they're going to pay and you're going to put them at the end. You know, uh, maybe you shouldn't have included them like they didn't include the, the, uh, the Cubans in, in that issue of the Robusto that he was mentioning, which I, I had no idea. I, I never saw that issue or, or read that particular thing. That's pretty interesting. But we smoked two cigars from the Davidoff factory today. One was Hammer and Sickle, which we smoked a bunch of times. We have that in honor of Nikolai Volkov, professional wrestling superstar. Oh. He's here today, and that's why... And uh, he's an unbelievably nice guy. And uh, when I, I would have loved to have a cigar with Nikolai Volkov. I know. Volkov, he but doesn't smoke. He doesn't he, smoke yet. I have about four <laughs> hours left. <laughs> And we did learn something very interesting, though, about Nikolai, and that is he took on the role as the, the Russian um, to, to in, in effect, educate Americans that communism was bad. So he, wasn't, he was not a bad guy. He just did it to, to help teach kids communism's terrible. Right. And you know what? While he was there and while he was doing that, the wall came down. And if you don't think that had part, part of Absolutely. the effect to it, if Ronald Reagan was alive, I'd like to ask him. Ronald Reagan, did that have anything to do with you Absolutely. telling Mr. Gorbachev, take down that wall? Imagine, this is history right here. I Absolutely. Mean, he was the most hated guy. I mean, every yeah. he'd fill arenas, as I was saying. A lot of the ticket sales, and, and I, I heard an interview before with um, Vince McMahon that said it, the bad guy, for lack of a better term, is the guy that sells the tickets. Right. You love to hate him. Right. And this, this is the, uh, the top guy as, as it came to that. No doubt about it. So next week we're celebrating the July 4th weekend, right? Yes. With a firecracker. Why not? But it's not the firecracker that you light and explodes. This one is not going to explode, I hope, because this is the <laughs> Don Papine firecracker. And it's a little short cigar. It looks like a firecracker with a long wick on it. Don Papine Garcia made that for us. Maybe about four or five years ago, he came in the store. We better I, eat something. It's strong. It's a little <laughs> it's very it's, strong. It's a little firecracker, but we should, we, we should have a lot of fun with that. We're going to be at the store in Seabrook, which is this is where everybody hangs out and everything during the holidays mm-hmm. and during the summertime. So we expect a big crowd. Come and join us. Have a firecracker with us in the Cigar Authority. Uh, next Saturday at 10 a.m., we go live, 10 to noon, at the Seabrook store. And then um, what are you doing for 4th of July week? I don't even know yet. You have a place down in that area? I do. I have a place at the beach. I may be staying at the beach for the weekend. There we go. Mr. Jonathan, you're going to be off that? Nope. You're DJing. Work. He's always DJing. You know, I'll just let you know that as soon as uh, the show is over, he runs out and he goes to do his DJ thing. Last week, you went to DJ your thing. How many hours? I did uh, 18 straight hours. 18-hour marathon. My How most... Impressive thing that I've ever done as a DJ is DJ for 18 hours. I only repeated four songs by request. Wow. I made 18 hours, no repeats except by request. That's, That's a lot impressive. of music. That's a lot of music and a lot of fun. And th- this was uh, coincidentally for 
It was the Relay for Life, the American Cancer Society. How, how uh, weird is that? What a juxtaposition. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where are you going to be this week, Mr. Jonathan? Uh, this week, uh, several private parties. Uh, I will be an open party country dancing in uh, Wayland, Mass. at the Longfellow Club, Club Joe Ellen. A uh, bunch of country two-steppers there doing Wait, the waltz, when, the when's swing. That? Sunday night. Uh, it starts at 7.30. God, it's just too bad I'm going to miss that. How much? Oh, what yeah. a bummer. Yeah. <laughs> we have both kinds, country and western. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, we are, uh, we are the Cigar Authority, and this was a very, very interesting show. It was a little different than our normal show, but next week we go back. Uh, maybe we'll have something to eat because Tommy uh, came pretty empty-handed today, I'm going to tell you. Tommy's uh, dieting. How's the dieting going? It's going well, because actually. Because I am suffering for your dieting. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll talk to Nikolai Volkov and we'll talk about this whole uh, vegetarian thing. Could I even do a vegetarian diet for a week? Did you ever try it? Uh, not vegetarian, no. Man, not easy. I got to imagine. You, you, I, I would be cold. I would be. Uh, I don't think I could sleep. Well, that's inspiration, though. Nikolai Volkov at 62 years old in unbelievable health, and he's a vegetarian. That's inspiration to try it. Maybe we'll try it. Yeah. What do you? No. What do you say? No. No. <laughs> I'm going to talk with him when we get off. We are here till 6 o'clock. We'll have Nikolai here till about 5 o'clock. Then I've got to shoot him over to the airport and, and get him back home. But uh, please stop by. If, you, if you're listening to this live, stop by. Say hi to Nikolai. Have a, a shot of vodka, and uh, let's enjoy ourselves, okay? Mr. Jonathan, what do you say? Let's Nic- take us out. Nikolai has something to say? Nikolai's got something to say. Hold on. Yes, I'll tell you a quick story about my wife. She, she said, I never mentioned her when I'm on the radio. And I have a beautiful wife. Uh, I've been married for 40 years. We have two children. And uh, she was in Disney World, and somebody stole her purse, so she called me up. I was home to cancel all her credit card. So I go to the bank, cancel all the credit cards. Two months later, we got a bill for $200. So the bank called me and said, you forgot to cancel this card. You want me to cancel it for you? I said, no, leave it alone. So the crooks spent less money than my wife. Thank you. <laughs> we are the Cigar Authority. I'm Tommy Crowe, Dave Garofalo. That was Nikolai Volkov. Nikolai Volkov! Wow, that's unbelievable! My mama goes to town, and my papa don't care if I pitch a boogie woogie. I'm stuck in here I'm gonna get you boogie woogie I'm gonna get you boogie woogie I'm gonna get you boogie woogie If it takes me Boogie, boogie. I'm gonna pitch a boogie woogie.